0: Hello and welcome to the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. My name is Josh, amateur radio call sign KI6NAZ.
1: And I'm Leah, KN6NWZ. And it's
0: time for the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. Let's get started, shall we? Hello, Leia. How are you this week?
1: Hello. I am doing well. Busy, busy? Yeah, we're uh, ramping up on the camping trip.
0: We're ramping. The link's in the description of this uh, podcast. If you're around the Silverwood Lake area in the last weekend, last weekend, right, in April? hmm
1: April 26th to 28th. Yeah.
0: We'll be hanging out, doing a little bit of camping, radio, maybe some fishing and boating. Maybe radio on boat.
1: Oh. Boat radio. Gives a new meaning to boat anchor.
0: Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I like it. <laughs> Well, thanks, everybody, for coming on out. We'd like to kick off the or podcast. What is it the
1: original meaning of Boat Anchor?
0: The original meaning,
1: <laughs> <yeah>.
0: <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh, We'd like to kick off the podcast with the Ham Radio Minute.
1: It's never a minute.
0: And we're going back to a goodie, but for a whole new year. Guys, it's time to normalize Ham Radio in 2024. Okay. You've never heard me say that term before, but if you haven't already... You know, some of you might not find it the coolest thing, but strap an HT on your belt, or in my case, I'm often carrying a backpack, and I have a backpack on or I have a backpack on my ham radio. That's what I like to do. Uh, no, I have a ham radio on my backpack strap, usually when I'm going around. Obviously, my vehicle has antennas. I do parks-on-the-air activations or just radio in the park. It's not necessarily parks-on-the-air activation, but I think uh, do what you can. Think about it. How can you do radio in a way that more people will see it when you're in public? That oftentimes does more to enhance the public opinion of ham radio than almost anything anyone else can do because it's a real situation where someone is seeing you for the first time or possibly a new look at what Grandpa used to do back in the day, which was, you know, ham radio in the basement and nobody really talked to him because all he did was sit down there and smoke Lucky Strikes all night. (laughs) Right. Versus what people are doing now, which is being active with ham radio, like doing things like POTA and soda. And yeah, I think, it's a, I think it's a prime time. Prime time for that.
1: You know, uh, it's, <laughs> I really don't want to offend any hams by saying this, but I feel like for a long time, ham radio was like a standard method of communication. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was like having a telephone in your house.
0: Right. Before there was even like. Telephones in some cases. Right. Right.
1: And so, do you think that there are people now mm-hmm. that are landline hobbyists, <laughs> just collecting rotary phones and, and like wireless phones? <laughs> just,
0: I mean, maybe some of those old wireless it, phones are like now pretty much defunct. Like, you can't really use them. I guess you can. I you
1: mean, I guess them. it's not, uh, I mean, with, everybody moving over to like fiber optics versus the mm-hmm. the old wires the, uh, the low problem, voltage wires
0: obviously the problem with that is you can't really install your own pots line and have like a, your own landline oh, that's my uh, it's homebrew yeah. landline, Right? It doesn't really work anymore uh in that sense. So
1: Do you think do you think they can like oh, landlines, Yeah, the 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 sound is so warm and crisp.
0: This is really <laughs>
2: like, this, this is of really like, the vinyl
0: yes. of, of phone <laughs> communication. I yes. really like it when it's a. Uh, I prefer my voice uh, going copper the entire way. <laughs> I the not way. my voice not like my voice being digitized at all. It's like the audio file of uh, of of voice communication,
1: but it's interesting because one of the reasons that ham radio has stood the test of time, if you will, Mm -hmm. is the fact that it is you're not depending on a you're not depending on a phone company. Yeah, it's decentralized. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, that's.
0: uh, I I think that's oftentimes. One of the biggest things that people get a kick out of is that it's it's all in their control. They own it, right? Yeah. From beginning to end, right? Whatever they buy, it's make. just
1: science to your ears. Basically, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, that was the other thing is you know it's a part of STEM. It should be a, a built into the curriculum, and you know things like the ARRL Teachers Institute and other things are doing that. So that's a good point, Leah. A real good point. So thanks for bringing that up,
3: Leah. Would you like to take a test?
1: I am studying for the general. (laughs) Continuing to study. I'm on sub-element G3, which is all about propagation.
0: It's the best, one of the best.
1: It's... uh,
0: One of the best sub-elements, no question.
1: I'm actually doing better than 50%.
0: Whoa. Big numbers.
1: Yeah. And here we go. Okay. Well... This is, this one I already know. All right, let's move on. Okay. Okay. What is the approximate maximum distance along the Earth's surface normally covered in one hop using the F2 region? Wow. I've never seen that before.
0: No, you have not.
1: A, uh, 2,500 miles. B, 1,200 miles. C, 180 miles. Or D, 12,000 miles. Oh, um,
0: <laughs> this is a good one.
1: One hop.
0: One hippity hop.
1: What What does the F2 region have to do with it? It's the different
0: region of the atmosphere. The layers.
1: Oh, mm. <sighs> uh, she's... Ah, it is 2,500 miles.
0: 2,500 miles.
1: All right, I'm going to have Hampstead explain this to me. The F2 region is the highest region of the ionosphere, which is our sweet spot for long-distance sky wave transmissions. The F2 is highest during the middle of the day when the sun's energy is the greatest. Mm -hmm. It gets even better during periods of high solar activity and high ionization of the upper atmosphere. The approximate maximum distance along the Earth's surface that is normally covered in one hop using the F2 region is 2,500 miles. Just remember that F2 can take you more than 2,000 miles. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, that's a good one. All right. I, I like it.
1: What is the approximate maximum distance along? The Earth's surface normally covered in one hop using the E region. Mm. A, 180 miles. B, 2,500 miles. C, 1,200 miles. Or D, 12,000 miles. Haha, I got this one right. I just stepped it down. Stepped it down. Because E comes before F. <laughs> it does. It is 1,200 miles. 1,200
0: miles. There you go. What? Well, You didn't want to read the info on that one?
1: No, I just figured it out myself. (laughs) Because
0: E is less than F2.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) So it's under 2,000 miles.
1: Yes, exactly. Uh, What happens to HF propagation when the luff exceeds the muff? A, propagation via ordinary skywave communications is not possible over that path. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've seen this before, so I'm just going to stop there. That is the right answer. List. that what <laughs> that propagation via ordinary sky wave communications is not possible over yep. that path because the luff is supposed to be the lowest and the muff is supposed to be the highest mm-hmm. so if the luff is over the muff it's a no-go you can't can't yeah? go it's a no-go what causes hf propagation continues to vary periodically in a 26 to 28 day cycle a rotation of the sun's surface layers around its axis, mm-hmm. B cyclic variation in the earth's radiation belts, C long-term oscillations in the upper atmosphere, or D the position of the moon in its orbit. Oh. See, it's questions like this that so you're like, ah, ham radio is so close to space. <laughs> That's
0: I mean, we put our we, we put our rf into space no no no. i'm saying
1: that the the science behind space is so close to the science of ham radio that they're interconnected okay you know
0: i mean sure
1: the answer (laughs) is a rotation of the sun's surface layers around its axis and i got that right
0: yes good job
1: I feel like a lot of the answers just have to do with the sun.
0: Yeah, that's a safe yeah. bet. Yeah.
1: yeah. Which of the following is typical of the lower HF frequencies during the summer? Ah. A, worldwide propagation during daylight hours. B, high levels of atmospheric noise or static. C, poor propagation at any time of the day. Or D, heavy distortion on signals due to fo- photon absorption. I got this one wrong, but the correct answer is high levels of atmospheric noise or static.
0: Yes. Very noisy.
1: It's tough in the summer. Yeah. That's when you have all your vacation time to go out and...
0: Yeah. You got to use lower bands, lower wow. frequencies. Split. I'm sorry. Higher frequencies, lower bands.
1: Which ionospheric region is closest to the surface of the Earth? A, the F1 region, B, the E region, C, the F2 region, or... Or D, the D region. The answer is D, the D region. That's right. Thank you. Yep. All right.
0: I feel like that's a bit of the alphabet knowledge helps out with that one. Yeah, it's true. Indeed. All right. Well, good job, Leah. I think you did it right. I think you only missed one. Look Look at at you. That's very good. If you'd like to study along with Leah, check out hamstudy.org, a fantastic free website for taking practice exams and learning as you go. What's cool about the tool is that the more practice exams you take, the better it knows how you're doing and can guide your learning process by giving you more questions that you're having trouble with and helping to grow that knowledge. We also recommend... The Gordon West Ham Radio Test Prep Books. And Gordon West had a big announcement on Ham Nation last night that the AWRL has fully integrated all of his books. They're now the seller for all of it. I asked Gordo... How does one get his books? And he says, "Yep, you can still buy them on Amazon. You can buy them at the AWRL. You can take our link in the podcast show notes, and it'll take you there as well."
1: Excellent.
0: The fast track to your ham radio series is a fantastic book, but I really like the audio book, or as we used to call it, as an old books on tape. It's not on tape. You can't get it on tape anymore. No, no, just audio book, okay. and we have links to that. But you as know well what?
1: Laser notes. disc. You, I almost
0: had a big moment. Was that on the podcast? I don't know. Oh, man. You told me that your karaoke machines that your family had were all laser disc. And I went,
1: Yeah.
2: What?
0: And, I, and I'm like, Do they have any movies on laser disc? I'm like, No. It for I said, karaoke. Maybe my uncle. It's for karaoke. So I got to ask them. Yeah. I was like, Hey, do you have any laser disc movies? I can't wait for him to walk out and he has like the original tridge. And I'm just going to lose my mind. I'm like, Can I just buy that right now? <laughs> How much cash do I need to put in your hand to get the laser? And they would just give it to you because they're my trilogy. uncles. I still, I'd have to pay. That's it's it's that's a real collector's item. Those also, awesome.
1: I have this massive bottle of Tattinger
0: dude, that I,
1: I know has not been stored properly.
0: Yeah, it's not gonna be good. I don't think it's gonna be good. And it was
1: like given to me during Christmas. It was something that belonged to my grandfather. Yeah, when he a, first came here, it's
0: like a double magnum.
1: It's massive. I don't even know what to do with it.
0: I, I, it is the largest champagne bottle I've ever seen in my life.
1: Oh, it's not the largest, but probably the largest of a good champagne.
0: <laughs> I've never seen a larger champagne bottle. I have bottle.
1: at restaurants. Really? But I don't know where, like, actually had champagne in them.
0: I mean, that is a legit champagne bottle. Yeah. That's a yeah, it's a scary with bottle.
1: With, like, maybe vinegar in it now. Mm,
0: maybe. Maybe that's what we should every,
1: do. Every time everybody gets together over here, I'm like, should we... Can
0: we open it? We should probably do that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> And I'm just like, uh, yeah, no. We should probably it,
0: take like a light to it and see if it's all just full of sediment and who knows what else.
1: If it's vinegar, wouldn't it just be better sitting in the bottle? Untouched and like, like just a memory of my grandfather.
0: Sure. I mean, you wouldn't necessarily get rid of the bottle.
1: I know, but then it wouldn't have any fluid in it anymore.
0: So it's not going to weigh 80 pounds anymore? Well. Yeah. Well, think about it, I know. mm -hmm. Hey, join the conversation by leaving a review on the Apple podcast. We really do appreciate it over there for the Ham Radio Crash Course podcast and or emailing us at leah at hamtactical.com. Leaving a review wherever you listen to the podcast will help the Ham Radio Crash Course reach more hams and the ham curious, and we appreciate it. With that said, we have two. (gasps) Two reviews. What
2: a good week! Thank you.
0: Fantastic week last week. Tim Harrington, a herring, herring Ron. Hey Tim. Merch? Question mark. Hey y'all! I'm currently listening to the latest podcast, and CW Cafe coffee mugs and or t shirt slash hoodies would be a good merch idea. All right. Thank you for all that you do. 70 70 freeze seventy three from Tim. And he left his call sign K-I-5-H-W-C. Right on. I,
1: I mean, you. I could, but it feels like it would be really encouraging, a very painful part of the podcast.
0: Do <laughs> you have to wear the merch while you do the CW, the CW Cafe?
1: Maybe it gives me plus 20 to CW.
0: Could be. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a, <laughs> it's an enchanted shirt of plus 5 CW. Yeah. Maybe that's it's what... It's speed.
1: Like, it's... <laughs>
0: No, uh, when
1: you, when you uh, speed, wear it, no it's comprehension. Like, it's plus five to. Uh,
0: I'm very to fast, speed. but I have no idea what I'm saying. <laughs> but I'm very fast. It's very impressive. This is from Douglas in AZ. Fun show. Fun ham radio show.
1: Thank you, Douglas.
0: Leia will be getting her general. Oh, yes. That's not even a question. That was a statement.
1: Thank you for your confidence, Douglas. That is a
0: that's massive amount of confidence from Douglas there. We we really do appreciate it. I will. Yeah. It will be. I I know you will. Yeah. Cuz it won't
1: stop. Thank you, you, Tim, and <laughs> thank you, Tim and Douglas. It'll it'll never stop until you get it so. It will happen. And but see, then it's like the extra study and that's like so much harder.
0: <laughs> but then when you finish that, then it's VE time and then you're good. You're good.
1: Wow. Think about it like that.
0: That's right. What's that noise? Your other favorite thing. It is a
4: primitive form of communication known as Morse Code. You're right. I'm on a lot of practice.
0: Stop it.
5: wow stop what?
0: You're talking about me in Morse code. What the hell's he saying? <laughs> Seems they're getting a signal.
2: Old Morse code. Boop boop boop. boop, 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 boop. We got contact! We got contact! Mm-hmm. Indeed. Uh, yeah.
0: Let's see. i are going to go here to free play. All right. So this is a CW lounge, quickly becoming everyone's favorite segment of the podcast. This is where Leia is learning CW. So we're using the MCT-73. This is a training aid made by Spark Gap Labs. Thank you very much for sending this to us. But it allows us to do practice keying. So, right, that's an R, K. And it also then plays characters back, and you can listen along with us and see if you can decode the characters.
2: You can – These are not
0: words. These are just the characters in random order, which can be good because it helps you build character recognition. But eventually, you know, good CW, as I'm told because I'm not there yet, turns into just copying words instead of just copying the the, the letters. Sure, Isn't that wild that at some point you get so good – that you don't hear the letters as much; you're more focusing on the word that's getting mm-hmm. built. Isn't that mm-hmm. crazy? Mm-hmm. So, Leia, we're we're back um, on letter P. That's the latest character you've added. So let's let's go through a couple of these. What do okay. we got? Oh, that's not it. You. Yep.
1: M. Was that supposed to be S? Yeah. Okay. Uh, K? Yep. P. P. Because it's four. (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) It's going to be a, you're going to rue the day.
1: (laughs) Okay, play it again. Play it again. (laughs) That's a P. (laughs) Yeah. Why don't you play another four letter and see. Oh. That's not P. (laughs) That's P. No. <laughs> that's not P.
0: Right. How about this one? Not P? Not P. Uh, let's see.
1: Definitely not P. <laughs> uh,
0: my my least favorite. Not P. Yeah, that's J.
1: Not P? No. Nope. Not P. That was P. Oh no!
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love the questioning. Is it not
2: pee? P?
0: P. P.
1: <laughs> P. Still P. <pee>? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not P. Not P. Yeah. Not P. Not (laughs) P. Your confidence is dwindling.
2: Uh. P? Yes.
0: (laughs) All right, here we go. So, this is going to be a series of random characters you can play along with. You didn't do A. Oh, well, you know what A is, right? Sure. <laughs> Whoa. What just happened? Stop it. Okay, here we go. In three, two, one.
1: M. Yeah. K. 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 P. Is another many? K. Yes. Okay. P. Yes. A. A. P. 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 S. U. P. P. K. K. M. M.
0: Dang! Did you sleep last night? I don't think so. <laughs> All right, one more time. Here you go. Okay. In three, two, one. I think it's a P? It was an R. And then there's a P? Then there's an M. And then there's a P? Then there's a P. Yeah,
1: because I think this auto-corrected for some reason. Uh Uh-oh. And then it's a P? Yes. P? Yes. A? Yes. A? Yes. P? Yes. S? Yes. U?
0: R? S? U.
1: Uh -oh. Oh. Oh, Oh, I missed one, and then it ends with an S.
0: You've got your U's and S's mixed up. No, it doesn't end. It ended with you. Oh, that's not good.
1: All right, I think we're fine, right? Yeah,
0: and I think we've officially burnt the battery out on this unit, so I'm going to have to uh, replace the battery. Check that out. Yep. So there you go. Perfect timing, because it literally, it literally died. Just the battery, not the, not the unit. All
1: right. So, all right. All
2: right.
0: So the show topic. All right. Today so today's so discussion, discussion topic. Point today is, go on to the this show. This is a bit right. of an topic today is. The, the topic of today's show is.
1: Gentlemen. Let's get down
0: to business. So a uh, new reoccurring question, actually, it's not a new question. It's just a question I'm getting asked more frequently now is, josh, how how'd you get your wife licensed? what? how'd you how'd you get How'd you get people involved in in ham radio? How'd you get people interested in in ham radio? So the show topic is tricking people into ham radio. Oh, that's the show topic. Uh, I'm just kidding. It's not. It's, you know, how do you you show off ham radio to people? And specifically, this is to answer all the people who are, are trying to think of interesting ways to get people interested in the hobby. Now, I've always said you have to do it by demonstrating it. People get into cars because cars is cool. They see cars and they're like, I get cars. I like cars. Right. I like they, cars. Find, they find a type of car they like and they're like, yeah, man, that's what I'm all about. But ham radios way more nuanced than that. And you see all these black boxes and you in some cases you're like, I don't really like this one more than that one. Also, I don't really get what it does. But I see you with headphones on, you know, jamming out. I guess you're jamming out to music. Is that what you're doing? Uh, th- th- a lot of people just don't. Have, have... you
1: ever heard of a Walkman? This is is called uh, a
0: sit man because it just sits on the table. You don't.
1: That's a lot of gear to listen to music.
0: That's a lot. This is a hi-fi's dream. No, not at all. So this is all built around the concept of demonstration, right? So lots of debate exists on this topic, by the way. These are just a couple of ideas. And I will reiterate There is no right way to truly introduce people to ham radio, but there are ways that are going to go more down the rabbit hole that you are interested in, and oftentimes, if it's an aspect of the hobby that you find interesting, you're going to be a better demonstrator for that.
1: Oh, my God. Is this how the male mind works? What? That you've decided that the way to reach people is to show people more of what you like? No,
0: I'm saying like if you're going to do – if you're going to demonstrate it, right, if you're going to demonstrate something, Mm -hmm. having someone demonstrate something that they have very little understanding of is a poor way to actually show that thing in a good
1: Mm -hmm. way. It's just
0: you're not going to get off the ground with that. Sure. Right? So we've talked about it in the past of you know how would you get your spouse into radio. And you've said before, you're like, well – you know, you have to find something that is within line to what they value or yeah. what they find interesting. Yeah. Sure. I agree with that. That's something that you can do with your close-knit family unit first, right? So that should generally be your first way to go about that. Mm-hmm. With that said, close family, some things you should also do is include them at least once.
1: Oh, I thought you were going to say fearmonger. Okay. Yeah, no, that's right. Go
0: on. Uh, <laughs> punishments grounding your kids if they don't make five contacts no no, a no week. i meant
1: fear-mongering like hey
0: cell phone's gonna go down again <laughs> yeah and you just you, you stand out in front of their their heart their what heart would happen if up. one
1: of us was hurt
0: what would you do and the grid's down yeah i think that is
1: that's my mom's
0: reason that's a certain way to get i think women on board but mm-hmm. i think that's probably not a good way you know what i mean Because if it's just a tool that you would use in an emergency, they have no real interest in it as something that they'd actually, like, learn. But I think that the fear aspect of it...
1: This is a multi-step process. Oh. You've got to get them on the air first. Okay. And then you've got to make them friends in the hobby. Okay. Oh, I recently joined a ham radio women's group on Facebook. Okay. How'd that go? It's good. Yeah? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna have to pull it up. It's a really great group. Okay, um, they're they're super active. Um, oh, that took me to the wrong group. Mm-hmm. But uh, go ahead. That's you the divorcees
0: of ham radio operators group that you you just pulled up. Is that what? No.
1: That
0: is? <laughs> so with a close knit family, it's
1: just a group of women who are selling their husbands' ham radio. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you get the hot deals. <laughs>
0: That's right. Find a jilted wife or significant other. So for a close knit or a close family, your you know, your your sons, your daughters, your significant others. Obviously, try to invite them to do whatever it is you do. So if you talk on the repeater or you talk on HF Invite them to get on the air with you. Make a couple of contacts. Don't force them to make a bunch or challenge them if they're not challenge minded. But do something that you if think. They, oh,
1: if they don't make a contact, you ask them why do you suck. Withhold <laughs> your love.
0: Withhold love until they love ham radio the way you love ham radio. That's the right answer as always. That's a good, you know, just general practice. Kids, give them HTs. It doesn't have to be a ham radio HT. It could be an FRS radio, a GMRS oh, radio. Do just
1: kids give love to, those or
0: what? Buy the buy cheap. Don't don't go buy like Dora the Explorer, Spider Man ones. Go actually buy a decent FRS set. And by decent, I mean like don't you're not spending like hundreds of dollars on this. Maybe fifty bucks. Get I, a couple. I have
1: a bigger argument for this. Okay for for anybody who has kids get them on, like, these handheld radios so they get used to communicating by voice. Because I think something that is severely lacking Mm -hmm. in the younger generations that are getting into technology Mm -hmm. is that they default to text messaging Mm -hmm. and DMs and things like that, Okay, right? And the idea of even picking up a phone and calling without forewarning, like, it's almost like... Making a phone call now requires a pre-text message.
0: Just out of the blue?
1: Yeah. It's just like you're just going to call somebody what? without letting them know that you're going to call them. What? Like how it used to be, you're just going to show up at somebody's house without calling them first. Right. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Absolutely unhinged behavior.
1: But if they get used to communicating via like handy talkies, mm-hmm. right, and- they know to just be listening. The fear mm-hmm. of voice communication <laughs> goes down back, significantly
0: back in my day, we communicated with our <laughs> mouths and we liked it because that's all we had <laughs> was mouth talking um yeah give give them h t s There's nothing wrong with that kids love it, and then incorporate radio into like what you do and and here's the specific part though, okay. here's the thing. You can't make radio like something that they view as a detractor or preventing them from getting to the thing they want to get to. Right. I think if you make radio a burden to them that they begin complaining about radio, then you've kind of already lost the plot, and now they're building a narrative against radio, right? So if you're going on a family trip and you have a significant other like my wife— who has every day packed to the brim, then you're just trying to aim to fit radio in and kind of enjoy it yourself Mm -hmm. and maybe play around with HTs, whatnot. But you're likely not going to be able to do what you traditionally do, which maybe it is, you know, you go to a park and you you sit there for three hours and make a ton of contacts. That's probably not going to work in a Mm -hmm. lot of cases. So don't make it something that people begin resenting. That'd be my big thing. And again, the best thing you could do is if you're doing a parks on the air and people are around and they're not doing anything, you can offer for them to come along. And if they do come along, particularly kids, please pack like snacks and food and make sure they got <laughs> jackets and all that other stuff. And if they want to bring a ball, a Frisbee Spoken or whatever, like dad. let them bring it. You know, they don't at some point a kid's going to get bored of they're going to be wowed in the moment, but that's going to wear off quickly. And then you just can default back to like, yeah, go ahead, play with the Frisbee. Here's a compass. Here's a whatever. You know, go nuts, right? Mm-hmm. So all those little outdoor things, and if they're Cub Scouts, Boy Scouts, whatever kind of scouting, have them bring their scout stuff with them, a book, your, their handbook, potentially even a merit badge they might be working on that could be adjacent to what you're doing. And then you can kind of turn it into a project where maybe you only just activate the park with a couple of contacts. 10 or more but you're not aiming you know for a hundred contacts you're aiming to just get the park activated then you know hang out with the kid or something like that right Mm -hmm. That, that should just be the goal so make it make it something that doesn't become again a burden on your family now for friends this one's a little bit more straightforward in that you, you invite them to a pot or soda if they like it, great. If uh, if you have a ham shack where you make DX contacts or you, you know there's a contest coming up and you plan on participating in that contest, well, invite them to come over. And again, don't ignore the friend because of radio. Incorporate them in it. Let them make contacts. Demonstrate the radio if this is kind of like the first time. And then after you've done all that, that's when you go ahead and ask them to help you install the antennas on the roof, right? <laughs> you got to you gotta let them know what it is first before you, again, burden them with being your helping hand on your next antenna install. And then as far as random people, so this is that whole normalization we kick the show off with.
1: I, I, I also want to add mm-hmm. that hams are some of the most intelligent people in the world. Dumb it down a little. Right? No, I'm just kidding. No, what I'm saying is a, a lot of times, I think people take a lot of pride in how complicated or difficult ham radio can be. Yeah. And so when you're explaining it, mm-hmm. don't make it sound like that.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay. Like, give me an example.
1: Well, I mean, there's so much on the market now that actually makes radio operating so much easier. Uh, arguably that's the appliance operator sure
0: yep <clears throat> i agree yep
1: but if you if you make it sound like it is going to be an overwhelming amount of learning that needs to happen mm. that discourages people right off the bat like yeah. if they think it's going to be too technical it, and it doesn't have to be right like it it doesn't have to be too technical it, it does
0: oh, – I'm, I'm split on this one because I get so many questions from people that – they. I got a comment the other day that was just like, they. everybody makes this too difficult. I've got a phone in my pocket, and I know how to use it, blah, 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 blah. And I hate it when people compare phones to radio because they're just so different. There isn't anybody that's making radios like phones, and they're not going to. It's just not going to be a thing. There's not going to be some. I mean, there might be, but it's not going to be really amateur radio. There are ways you can make amateur radio easier, but there, there's kind of a, a ceiling to that, right? Mm-hmm. And then you kind of have to get involved, engaged, whatever, and and learn those harder aspects of it, right? Mm-hmm. And it, I guess the the point of this is is sometimes radio looks like it's so big and it's so daunting, and and particularly kicking it off with having a test and technically two tests to get to general. So you can really start to explore the space that you're already kind of starting off on negative footing, that it already looks like it's just too much. It's too daunting. It's too whatever. So you almost have to build the narrative of this is super cool. Show them why it's cool. And hopefully, hopefully people resonate with that. And then, the test just becomes a hurdle that they need to get over to get to the mm-hmm. fun part. But if you can't demonstrate that, then the test is a non-starter. No one's going to pa- No one's going to take it. No one's going to try. And that's it, right? Mm-hmm. So, th- yeah, that's a good point. But always keep in mind, or at least try to think of, like, what is your audience thinking as they're seeing you explain this stuff? Are their eyes rolling in the back of their head because you've just lost them? Then – Okay, maybe the long sermon on, you know, explaining what ham radio is and what it isn't, and it's a technical hobby, but it's also a service. you know, like that's probably lost in the sauce, if you will. You, you probably need to spend more time like doing a little bit of demonstrating, showing people how it works. So for random people, again, going back to the normalization of ham radio in twenty twenty four, set it up in an obvious place. So if you're doing a parks on the air, don't go hide yourself. And I'm not saying, Set it up where there's just all this foot traffic and all. No, just set it up that like people can see you kind of out in the periphery and do it in a safe location. So make sure you don't have elevated radio lines that'll trip kids as they're trying to play on a field, like stuff like that. Don't make yourself again, a burden of the public. But make yourself of the public, so a part of the community. Don't, don't
1: piss off the Karens.
0: Yeah, don't piss off any Karens. And then if people come up and talk to you, give them a little spiel what it is. Maybe show them you making a contact. Maybe you have a logbook, either like hammers on your phone or tablet, or you have a some kind of a logging application on your computer. Uh, you can show them a, a, like a map of all the contacts you've made and where they're located. And you can make the point. And I've always, this one always really seems to impress people. Is you explain to them, and and you might have to hit it a couple of times until the light really goes on goes on in their in their heads on this one, but that you made that contact to the other person, mm-hmm. no cell phone, no internet, nothing like that, just radio to radio. Your internet sent out that RF, and your sorry, your antenna sent out that RF, and your antenna picked up their RF coming back to you, like it's literally like a handshake over the air via rf right
1: and like in the world that we live in now that's such a bizarre idea it's
0: so weird particularly when again not to harken back to AT&T, but boy buddy that was a that was a good day for ham radio cuz everybody
1: started looking up ham
0: radio and then if they if they kind of show an interest in it you can let them talk on the radio a lot of people are really scared to let a random person talk on the radio it's not like letting somebody you know pilot your plane you can let them talk. You just need to walk them through it and tell them exactly what to say. You can say, you got to use my call sign. I'm FCC licensed, but I'll walk you through it. Would you like to, you know, make a call and see if you can hear somebody? And if you happen to be calling CQ for Parks on the Air as an activator, you'll probably get somebody back and then they can make that contact. And then you can have a little dialogue of explaining what it is you were doing. They're like, what's that 599 about? What does that mean? You know, or whatever, the 599. There's a whole lot of really fun little teaching moments that's not like teaching. It's really just showing Mm -hmm. and demonstrating. And in that in itself, you might hook somebody just on that alone. (coughs) So the big thing is just kind of be out there, be present. Again, don't make it a burden. Don't make it an annoyance. And I know it it sounds really dumb. You're like, Josh, well, how, how do I know if I'm being annoying or not? Well, you'll know. You you you'll have the speaker too loud when you're in the grocery store listening to a repeater and some guy says some, you know, off-color comment and then all of a sudden people are looking at you like, what the heck is this guy doing, right? Did he say that? Was that on his radio? Is that the is that the FM station? Was he you know, uh-huh. right? All kinds of random stuff. So be a little bit more methodical with it. But if you're doing Parks on the Air, I'm telling you, I've had so many people come up and talk to me uh, when I'm doing Parks on the Air. And it, it, it led to me not making a ton of contacts because I had people that were just asking me all kinds of questions about it. And I, I ended up having a couple of people email me after the fact. Oh. And I think a couple of them have gotten their license from bumping into me just randomly. And it turns out that, you know, they're I don't know the level of – ham that they are today but it was certainly more than they were when they saw me doing that parks on the air so there is my there's my opinion on all that
3: are you ready are you ready are you ready are you
6: ready into the unknown i will go go. for i shall fear no man of peace
2: one foot after the other for i prepared to survive
4: I'm not
0: allowed to be <laughs> Welcome to the Preparedness Corner. This is Leia's segment on being a little bit more personally prepared, sometimes even outside of amateur radio. Wow. Most of the time.
1: It's true. Something interesting is happening over with the Australian Red Cross. Okay. I'll just go ahead and get into the meat of the article. <laughs> okay. Online platform to improve disaster preparedness using community source data, resource mapping, AI.
0: An AI. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: So a report was released today. It's called "Towards Resilient Communities," and I'll uh, I'll drop a link to this article. And the report is in uh, linked in that article. But it provides details on how. A platform developed by researchers at the ARC Center of Excellence for Automated Decision Making and Society what? at Swinburne University in partnership with Humanitech at the Australian Red Cross. You know, I gotta that's say, a lot of things.
0: If your company is named Humanitech,
1: it feels spooky.
0: Feels not yeah. good. It feels like Skynet, right? Like that's. That's a little scary. Humanitech. We're so humane, we envision a world without humans. <laughs> like what?
1: So when disasters occur in Australia, particularly in the remote areas, one of the biggest issues is access to reliable and useful information. This is an interesting article because they are essentially using this multi-layered technology with AI to do... What ham radio can already do. (laughs) Okay.
0: Okay. I I mean, I don't know where they're going with this. I don't know how AI fits into this. So I am,
1: I'm captivated. So not long ago. (laughs) Okay. We had to rely on television news to get us breaking stories. Yes. Yes. And that process is in which a news reporter or someone a part of the mainstream media— Someone of
0: the news.
1: —gets a report, and then they have to choose to go out and investigate and report on it, right? Yes. Based on what we can see today, Mm -hmm. that's not very common. All all the same news hits all the same— Channels get shared all over the place, right? Yeah, right.
0: Or you'll have like one correspondent in the field and it gets picked up by multiple stations, right? Yeah,
1: then we got the internet,
0: we got the internet, and
1: the internet allowed newspapers and other publications, uh, bloggers, what have you, to post news very quickly, right? Like CNN does this. With their real time, yeah, with their real time news, okay, right. But again, what does that require? It requires a reporter or someone that has enough clout in the Google algorithm to post the news for it to show up on the on the suggested news bar when you search something.
0: This is an interesting question. Uh, Do you ever go to the Associated Press? AP. Mm -hmm. So it's something I look at more often than like if I'm looking for news, I'm more often going to reference things from Associated Press. Sure. Because it feels like news. Right. And not editorializing Mm -hmm. and all that other nonsense. Right. Um, So I I see where you're going with this. I think I see where you're going with this. So, okay, continue.
1: Then Mm -hmm. there was Twitter.
0: Yes.
2: And, and the Twitter live
1: broke the news from people that were just regular people, right, Just happened to see something crazy or right. something concerning right. And that would spark the conversation, right?
0: Right. And that's when the news agencies started reaching out to the Twitter person. like, hey, can we use this on the show? Is it okay if I, I use this segment? Right, and right, put it right. In our segment Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> but you would literally go to Twitter for news. Much more quickly.
0: Oh, because people were literally there when the news actually happened. Yes. Versus a reporter showing up after what happened is done.
1: And individuals don't have the same liability as mainstream media does. Mainstream media is significantly slowed down because it has to vet every little bit of information before it publishes Mm -hmm. or it gets sanctioned. Right? Yeah. You can put whatever you want on Twitter.
0: Oh well, now that Elon Musk is running it, yes.
1: Well, then it allowed people to post lies,
0: (laughs) right? Right. Well, okay. I mean, news still posted lies, but it was—you're saying it was much more rare,
1: right? I they—I really do think most news tries their best to stay within the confines of. What would be legally considered the truth?
0: I, I guess it depends <laughs> on what you mean by news. If you're talking like CNN and Fox News, I don't think that they are as jur- their, their journalistic integrity is much lower. That's an editorial service. Okay. But you mean like an actual news story, not not an editorial, just breaking. News. Well,
1: I think news that just matters to you. It, okay. You used to rely on maybe for us in Southern California, KTLA was a major news. Mm -hmm. like a a major channel that you could rely on for local news, right? Right. And then our local newspapers are the LA Times, Orange County Register. uh, uh, Most of the, uh, a bunch of them are defunct now.
0: You're talking about literal newspapers now. Right. Okay.
1: But then you go to, so you went to Twitter. And then the Twitter stuff ended up being overrun with things that maybe you didn't care about.
0: All of a sudden, the hashtag starts getting overloaded.
1: Right, right. right. But then you have Facebook, and the Facebook al- algorithm oh, no. is excellent at at exposing you to things that are happening at that moment that people are talking about. Okay. Right? I mean, I, I'm somebody who runs the city's neighborhood uh, As long watch, as you're a Facebook part of group. those
0: affiliated groups, yeah.
1: Right, yeah. Well, I mean, you would, because that's how... If you're interested in it anyway. Mm -hmm. But if the news is big enough, everybody on multiple groups is talking about it. Okay. Right. Sure.
0: Okay. Okay. I see where
1: you're going. So now you have proof that crowdsourced and uh, crowd determined popularity Mm -hmm. is really the best way. Like who is going to report on, say, a water main going out? The news probably isn't going to report on it mm-hmm. if it's not if it doesn't go beyond a single city, okay. Right, but you will Unless see it that on leads Facebook. To
0: like a huge disaster where right many thousands of hundreds of homes right. flood
1: right or power outages or any number of these things that are very localized, right. So
0: aside from major disasters, that's a local only thing. That's right, really only interesting to the locals. That doesn't reach the volume, if you will, of countywide statewide or exactly
1: exactly so then you're relying on these facebook neighborhood groups okay which is proof that people can not only provide the information but but determine what information is relevant okay right directly to the people that it would affect yes right so the local in, news, the right.
0: true, the truest local news.
1: Well, in Australia, mm-hmm. where there's large swaths of land that are not, they're just very sparsely populated.
0: Literally, the majority of people live on the coastline of Australia. Right.
1: Yeah. So this. AI, theoretically, should do take community data like what you would get on facebook Mm -hmm. to then push that information out to the people it would be relevant to even if they aren't all on the same platforms okay that is my understanding of this but it's also
0: doing this kind of pseudo fact check kind of thing for maybe Not fake news. Right.
1: So post-disaster reviews consistently tell us that local residents and community organizations need to be involved in generating information related to disasters uh, and supported to access it with better tools and platforms. For us, this is about building community data capability or the skills and tools needed to support local decision making. The community resource mapping approach aims to achieve a step change in disaster preparedness by embedding data gathered and capability development in the community context as it evolves. This whole thing is written in a way that That's like
0: word salad.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> it's the whole article is actually written this way, but this is actually quoting people who are involved in the project.
0: It sounds like word salad engineer ta- engineer speak.
1: Right, right. The whole,
0: that came off of somebody's PowerPoint, <coughs> which is, you know, that's, yeah, that's how we do it.
1: So they're saying the importance was evident in the response to the bushfires across New South Wales and Victoria in 2019 and 2020 and during the floods in 2022 in Queensland and Lismore. Mm-hmm. Residents of Lismore themselves identified social media posts from people seeking help as waters rose with, and with... Uh, collated addresses made available through a public Google spreadsheet. This a information, public
0: Google spreadsheet? Mm-hmm,
1: this information was used to Whoa. coordinate local rescuers and resources, such as boats and emergency accommodations. Whoa. Yeah. So, it's basically taking what people already were doing mm-hmm. and uh, giving it to the government to throw money at it.
0: I fix. mean, almost anything's a step up from a Google spreadsheet. I'm not saying let's not do that. But a public Google spreadsheet that they were coordinating with, that's wild. Yeah. It's amazing the damage that Jeb was allowed to do. What? Jeb Bush. The bushfires.
1: Oh, my God. Gosh. Sorry. Excuse me.
0: I I still... I, okay. I don't understand the AI-ness of this. Oh,
1: it doesn't really delve into the Uh, AI. Of course not. They they call them AI tools, but I'm assuming that...
0: It's got to be fact-checking of some kind. It's got to be. Because even then, how does AI replace... And and, hey, don't get me wrong here. I I mean this in the best way. A spreadsheet is a fantastic way of organizing data. I think Leia and I would both tell you... Big fans of spreadsheets. Spreadsheet love. But I wouldn't want to then allow 1,200 people potentially I mean, onto you could my view spreadsheet.
1: It. You can view it.
0: Okay, sure. Yeah. Or a couple of editors, fine. Yeah. But how does AI fit into that?
1: I don't get it. I don't I don't understand. I mean, uh, AI is like anything that's computer automated, right? Mm. No. No, it's not. Mm.
0: So, I mean, are they are having AI run the spreadsheet? I mean, I, we know that's... Could you imagine getting more upset at AI trying to uh, modify a spreadsheet? <laughs> no, that column's too big. Okay, now turn on word wrapping. No, word wrapping. No, now, <laughs> you, did a, now you just merge
1: two columns together. So you don't use AI nearly as often no, as I do? No, I don't. I, do. I don't use it at all. And it's um, it's really funny because if you try to get AI to generate a chart for you... Oh, I can only It imagine. is the the amount of prompt engineering that has to happen. Oh my gosh. It's insane. It it really is. So I guess what I'm getting at I, is that yeah. there is what they're trying to do is basically what Hams have done already.
2: In I, I still
1: community
0: AI. I get that they are being very vague with the AI. But okay. So let's, let's talk about that. Ham radio could be used to transmit information back and forth to update said spreadsheet.
1: Well, I mean, I guess what I'm getting at is that And if it's every,
0: online, they already have the internet. So you know, where are we going here?
1: Well, no, I guess the point would be that in more remote areas, maybe you don't have reliable internet. Uh, maybe you don't have reliable I mean, cell phone coverage. Sure. And right? that's
0: perfect for ham radio. Yeah.
1: Um, but in reality, mm-hmm. what ham radio allows you to do, depending on the type of ham radio you're using, is a local repeater Yeah, is already doing what all of these layers of technology.
0: I mean, it is to a point, I think the spreadsheet still makes sense. Sure. Because you've got to track that information somewhere. But
1: I'm saying in terms of communicating local disasters in sparsely Populated areas.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe they're thinking they'll let AI look at the spreadsheet and then the decision makers would be able to ask questions of AI. How many boats do we need? Well, it seems like there's 18 rescues that we had in a day. Yeah. So and I'm just spitballing this. So it would seem that we would need twenty two boats, and that is enough for 18 with some overage and potential spares. Sure. Right, like that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but that takes me like, oh, it's it's for suits in a boardroom. You know, it's like for management type people in a room for
1: bureaucrats. is
0: bureaucrats. Yes, bureaucrats. Yeah, they need AI. (laughs) They don't have a good attention span. Yeah. (laughs) You see just a bunch of cats with little (laughs) tiny suits on.
1: Not like the aristocrats.
0: No, definitely not.
1: Um. Okay. So let's uh let's watch where this goes. You know. Let's
0: keep an eye on it. Yeah. Let's keep a close eye on what the what the Arista, the the the, the cats are up to. Yes. <laughs> the keep <Bura> a, cats. <laughs> keep an eye on that. Jesus.
2: Hey, mom The meatloaf. We want it now.
4: The Plus it's not a man purse, it's called a satchel. Indiana Jones wears one.
2: Inconceivable!
4: And
3: now, our feature
7: presentation.
0: To tell you that I have watched Red Dawn over a dozen times Mm -hmm. should not shock anybody, I hope. Red Dawn is a 80s movie. That is quintessential 80s. Like, it is, man. Going back to that movie, I think it's been a couple of years since I watched the original Red Dawn.
1: I think I think what I said when I was watching it is, wow, Goonies really changed. <laughs>
0: the Goonies <laughs> are all growing up.
1: Uh-huh. Those kids, they're supposed to be high school students. Right. Right? Yeah. And it's like, that is a highly skilled breakfast club.
2: right all the (laughs) angstiness of breakfast club with
0: actual capabilities right actual usable capabilities i was thinking to myself when i was watching the movie because again it's been it's been quite a while
1: were high school students that capable in the 80s
0: so that's that's the interesting part about this right is that this movie says a lot without having to like actually use the words right or have a montage or some kind of – heart, some shot where they're harkening back to, all right, son, you got the buck lined up. Yep, there you go. Now you're going to squeeze the trigger, not pull the trigger. And then flash cut to a dead buck, and then the dad's, like, skinning it. He's like, now you got to drink the blood, right? They don't, they don't do that. They don't need that. They sure. just have the scene where the guy shoots the buck – and then they make them drink the blood, and then they both have a big joke out of it, like, no, we didn't do that. <laughs> you know, like, there, there's so many interesting parts of it, but then you you know when you see the dad in the re-education camp mm-hmm. that the dad looks like a stern guy, super stern, that probably, you know, whipped these kids into shape. At least that's the 80s message, right, is you got to be hard on the kids. Yeah.
1: You're you're touching on a very big point that I feel very strongly about in modern uh, entertainment
0: beat your kids
1: no I mean. <laughs> it's that they beat us over the head with things like right because they you think really have to get stupid this.
0: You're, you're all too stupid to understand no,
1: this. i am a part of this problem fundamentally i am part of this problem because i do not pay attention to what i am watching i am always doing something else yeah Okay.
0: Yes, that is true.
1: Which means that whatever I watch has to be very easy to whatever point that I do decide to pay attention again mm-hmm. to understand. Yeah. Again, right? So, if you're watching it just fully immersed, yeah, and focused
0: on You don't need all those textual clues.
1: Right, like if you if you are really like the stuff that I watch on in the background. Mm-hmm. If I were to sit and actually watch that show, I would probably become extremely frustrated at the fact that they have decided and walking you through yes, painfully. Yes, it's re- reiterating over and over again. And I think it started with these recaps. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean this absolutely. in the best way. I'm not saying this to be you know negative to you, but like stuff today. Is like you telling me a story about something (laughs) like we get everything and sometimes we go back and we we touch upon things that we already (coughs) put to bed. Right. Like it's a it's a full
1: tapestry. I just want to make sure you're following me.
0: Well, yeah, because now I'm now I'm doing 18 things because I'm like, we've got to move the story along. What is what are we going? Do I need to fix the door? Is that, the door
1: broken? That comes from me telling stories to people who go, wait, what?
0: Yeah, and then, and no, I'm like, give me, just go, just go, just go. <laughs> so th- this movie's not a fast movie. I'm not implying that, and, and it is of the '80s, right? So it, it feels like an '80s movie. Big bad commies come to the United States, take over the United it's States. It's just
1: so comforting, though. <laughs> I know, the, like to be back in a time where, where everybody the, hates communism,
0: the, the communists
1: <laughs> and the and the Cubans,
0: which like Cuba has an army. Like, what are we talking about? Like, you know, like, and was,
1: also, why is Calumet... Colorado so important. <laughs> like why why was one of why was that one of the occupation points?
0: I I think it was just supposed to cuz they needed a group of kids that were probably far enough removed from the major cities that they could demonstrate that these kids had these skills, mm, right? Because mm. what did they ultimately what did the kids do? When something bad happens, they flee the school cuz the principal gets blown up and they just go get a bunch of camping gear, and they go camping. Yeah, and it's only after a situation that kind of leads them down the road of fighting back, do they then take on this guerrilla warfare, mm-hmm. asymmetrical warfare kind of thing, right?
1: You know what I like about it, and I think it's supposed to feel like every town USA, like
0: that's not a big city. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: but. I think about this a lot in that like every year when there's an election that comes around and not to get political, but people always say something to the effect of land doesn't vote, people vote, right? Yeah. Like, and so we should be doing everything based off the popular vote. The electoral college doesn't make sense because like there's a much smaller population in certain states that account for more electoral votes and to those people i i often say well if if you lived say just for simplicity you're a farmer right right and you are working hard you're helping to feed the country
0: literally provide food
1: right and and country. so you have to be on a massive swath of land
0: where no people are living right
1: because you know what's living there crops right cattle right right and you – because you are in that situation, the infrastructure that you live in mm-hmm. does not exist the way it does in cities. Right. The, it's not
0: a population-dense environment.
1: Right. But and even the government-provided the government, the government right. provided resources right. are not nearly the same, but nor do you need it to be, or nor do, do you want it. it
0: to be. They don't want it right? to be that.
2: Yeah.
1: There is a level of self-reliance because mm-hmm. that is the spirit – in which you decide to become a farmer, a rancher, or any number of professions that actually keeps this country going. Right. Right? Would you want somebody who's living in a densely populated area that has no idea about your life? Right. But that you are helping to sustain their life? Right. To be able to make decisions for you simply because the nature of your lifestyle and career right. does not afford you a, and, a and, large population.
0: And I mean, we can we can make it, you can make this whole, exactly what you said, you could say that about California. California it has exists in California. massive tracts of land that is used to produce food. Yes. And there is no one that lives in those farm communities that wants to vote the same way as the people that are in San Diego, Los Angeles, and San Francisco. Right. I mean, they may share some ideas, of course, but neither one of those communities want the other speaking for them. Right. It would. They wouldn't want it replaced in any way, right? So I get what you're saying, but yeah, the movie-
1: So I really like movies right, like this.
0: that paints a- yeah, yeah, yeah. That paints this kind of picture where it's very uh, handy people- Yes. With actual skills. Yes. Not like, I can live in the big city- and can you know? Right. knows where to get the the fresh produce at the farmers market. You know what I mean. That, that N- knows kind of the
1: best uh, drip coffee. In well, this right, state, right, 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 right.
0: This is the best dim sum place.
1: Knows how to post a sweet Instagram story.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. So I don't know. Obviously, if we, no shade.
1: We love California. I, we, and we love like that, but well, we love every. We yeah. almost
0: love every city in every state. I don't yeah. know that. Like, well, some cities maybe. In, uh, El Paso, I'm looking at you. Not, uh, not a big fan, but it's it's not El Paso's fart fault. It's fart. That's about right. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
2: that's, that's
0: about right for El we call it El Paso. Is <laughs> what we
1: call I knew it? You were gonna say that every time. <laughs> every
0: time. Every time. Uh no, I'm just kidding. El Paso, you're fine. <coughs> but regardless, this movie. Uh grew up watching this movie. Quintessential 80s. I've already said that, but for those that don't know, the the 30,000 foot level is the communists and the cubans have teamed up and they're committing to a ground assault.
1: NATO of, has dissolved
0: of of middle America.
1: The US has few allies. Right,
0: there's like there was some hints of nuclear war and there's bombs that were dropped and there's they've softened us up and now they're dropping in for the kill so little literal paratroopers dropping in and very quickly the small town gets overrun by these communists and cuban uh, militaries and they take over all the adults get you know rounded up even the kids get rounded concentration up. concentration camps some of them get put into re-education camps mm-hmm. and the military takes over all the businesses they create fortified structures they have tanks armored infantry all that stuff and this ragtag group of kids starts fighting back, and they build upon that. They start out with hunting rifles and lead into small weapons, small arms fire like AK-47s, ak know AKMs, basically, an AKM platform. They end up with RPGs. They end up with PKM, um, infantry portable machine guns. There is... And and it's if you know what you're looking for, there is a gradual progression to not only how they fight, but the tactics at which they use, mm-hmm. which there's, there's a part in this movie where I, I have to ask, like, where did they get this information from before the pilot drops in? Mm. So there's a part in the movie where a pilot comes in. But before mm-hmm. that happens, they're already doing, like, guerrilla warfare tactics. Right. And so my curiosity is, like, how did this come to them? And maybe— Again, part of that we don't need a montage. We don't need to harken back to the to the father in the Vietnam War, learning about asymmetric warfare that you know the, the Northern Vietnamese army is is putting against the Americans or whatnot. It's just implied that they know how to build a a hole in the ground with a trap door that they flip open, that they then all stand up and just shoot everybody. As the young, attractive teenage girl runs to their direction, right, chasing the troops <laughs> towards the gunfire, right? And then they hose them all with bullets. All that stuff, like, is very much guerrilla warfare. Yes. Right? And there's probably the scene that you're, you grew up with the don't-kick-cans. Yes. The scene where she has the bicycle.
1: Yes. And it's yeah. a bomb. Yes.
0: Right? So that is a very again guerrilla tactic like where did they get that right and so i, I we assume there's a part in the movie where a, a pilot crash lands and they they rescue him they they help him out and then he kind of starts fighting with them mm. and he never has a moment where he's talking about these tactics but he does do this planning thing where he's right. got little you know he's got rocks and, stuff and we like should
1: that. we should explain the don't kick cans thing my my oh, yeah. mom grew up in well no i guess she was in high school, college, Mm -hmm. uh, during the transition uh, from, I guess, from French occupation into the Vietnam War period. That's wild.
0: What a wild time to be, like, living in Vietnam.
1: And they full-on knew, like, don't, just don't touch anything if you don't have to touch it. Don't touch it. Like, don't, there's no, like, Kids here, you you see like a pine cone mm-hmm. on a walk. You sh- they're just kicking up. They're they just kick. It. Up, uh, they're they just launching kick, it. They're picking up stuff. They're that is uh, that is a luxury of childhood in a safe place. Right, right. Because for her it was don't touch anything. There is no joy in kicking that can. <laughs> right, because
0: like, so for those that don't know, they you could put a, a, a live grenade in there. Yeah. And they would have them sometimes rigged up to a line or whatever. Uh, it's, an, it's a booby trap. It's an improvised explosive. Yeah, absolutely. That, you know, was not – everybody understand, it wasn't just the, the enemy of the North wasn't just the Americans. It was the people of the South as well. Right. And so any type of, again, guerrilla tactics that someone, an insurgent from the North could do upon the South, they did right it didn't matter indiscriminately if it was a a, a child from the south of vietnamese person an adult or an american troop they didn't care right great they still did damage right? right so there's a scene where the the one of the the girls uses a bicycle to booby trap a a, a tank basically mm-hmm. and it leads to a, a fun scene where they you know Fun, I guess, is, uh, depending on what you do is fun, <laughs> where, they, where they kill the tank. A for, victorious scene. Uh, yeah, yeah, where they blow up the tank. Um, what
1: was weird in this movie was that the allies for America were China and the UK. I, I understand the UK, but we're talking about the communist war. Why would China be allied with the US?
0: So I don't know, but sometimes proximity... To a to a powerful nation, even if you have similar ideologies, can lead to tensions that could turn into that. So for instance, just because you're Russia and China are both communists, the fact that maybe there's a fear that Russia wants to make China do things the way they do it, or there's a cultural issue, or there's I mean, Who but else? in
1: terms of the Red Scare, it doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, no, that is a good point because it doesn't, it didn't really, like, at that point, China was already full on communist backing the Northern Vietnamese. That had finished. You're talking about, and they were, 84. they were providing.
1: This is, the movie was made in 84. Yeah. So what?
0: I'd have, to, I'd have to go. There was a period of time where China wasn't nearly as quote unquote communist as it is.
1: <laughs> what? <laughs> there was a revolution. Oh, no, that's my true. That's,
0: no, that's true. They were already full <laughs> like, on.
1: Like you'd they, have to go
0: back to World War II uh, for that. There was a yeah.
1: massive Chinese diaspora. Yeah, yeah you'd, you'd okay. have to go back to
0: World War II for that point. So this is, yeah, this is way later. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, and, unless Russia like whoops a daisy to a nuke onto china and china's like oh no this cannot
1: stop i must, I must have missed that
0: no no i, I yeah. must have missed it too because it, it wasn't covered well Leia, this is a preparedness slash radio slash end of the world disaster movie review segment and we have a six-fold criteria that we vote on this movie so
1: Likelihood of disaster.
0: Likelihood of disaster. So, it came out in 1984. At that time, likelihood could have been high.
1: I don't know that it's still not high. <laughs> what? I, I think. <laughs> what? I, 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 will, I will say. I, will I think say, it's actually gotten higher.
0: I, I will say that the likelihood of there being like a ground invasion seems low of of like dropping the parachute. of Kalama,
1: Colorado,
0: probably low. Probably low. But the likelihood But it's of not zero. Tensions, you know, <laughs> the likelihood of tensions leading to some kind of a military exchange
1: on but is the awesome. the question is on US ground.
0: Well, that's
1: I, I That be, is the disaster.
0: Like I I don't know I don't know what I would think if there was an actual military exchange where something "quote unquote" hit the U.S. That's literally that would be you insane. know insane.
1: In the back of my head, I always think whenever the uh, the anti two A people start talking, mm-hmm. right? I always think. Have you ever considered that maybe how armed the average American is oh, is one of the reasons why uh, yeah. no other country would ever invade? There, like if,
0: if there was a a, a tiny little missile <laughs> that landed in the middle of a crop field and they determined it was some some other country that did it, there'd be dudes in pontoon boats on the open ocean. Trying to to drive yeah. to that country to engage them, <laughs> like it would be, it would be insane. So the likelihood at that time, I think, was fairly plausible. I think there's obviously a likelihood something could happen in the future against. I the think United it's a three point five. Three point five. I'm I'm okay with that. Okay. I'm I'm I can go with that.
1: That's not low, by the way.
0: That's not low. Right. Yeah. So here's a good one.
1: Preparedness is. Uh- a five so per- to me. Mm. Okay. Do you remember that family that had the wall of, of canned jars?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. So the preparedness on display was high. Yes. The question is for those kids, they were almost just reacting, right? They weren't necessarily all prepped up. There is a scene where they go to the uh, sporting goods store. That the dad runs, one of the dads. Yeah. And they load up the truck, right? And they're loading yeah. up like food and camping supplies and guns and yeah. ammo. Yeah, So they got prepped up. So I, I think you could probably go five. Yeah. I think so. Mm-hmm.
1: How realistic. I don't live in Calumet, Colorado. So I, I don't know. But my assumption is actually that every – Everybody who lives outside of suburban areas and lives in more rural areas knows how to shoot? Everyone? Yeah. No. I think so. No. I think so. To some extent, some kind of shooting.
0: I think they understand what guns are and they're not petrified of them. Sure. But I don't know that they know how to shoot.
1: Could a, a random ragtag group of high school students do what these did? I, I don't think so. Oh, only... If they it were led
0: by one Patrick
1: Swayze, and he could lead them on a dance off. Oh, you know, man. I, I was
0: thinking to myself, I'm like that. That's man, a
1: quadruple threat. That man made so many different
0: movies, and they're all good, but they're wildly different. So if you think it's like, like a treasure, if you think of uh, Red Dawn, and then Roadhouse, you're like, dude's movie, just yeah. grunting dude. Yeah, love this movie. Yeah. And then you switch it up and go dirty dancing. Yes. And you're like, the ladies lose their mind.
1: He was also in Ghost, right?
0: In Ghost, but that's not the one that, that really is the combo breaker. To Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie. <laughs> is so wildly out of pocket. That movie is, because Wesley Snipes is in it. Yes. And so is uh, Le Wazamo, right? Mm-hmm. Am I
1: saying that right? Yeah, Leguizamo.
0: Three actors that are wildly different, right? Yes. Like, just what a wild movie that is. That is, uh, it, it, okay, Patrick Swayze, love Patrick Swayze, died too soon. But, okay, realism. If you put aside for a second the ground war on U.S. soil, like people just paratrooping in, mm-hmm. that that's feels uh, unrealistic yeah. to me. But the small units tactics, the capabilities of the kid, the kind of beleaguered military as they start to see losses Mm -hmm. from these kids just doing this asymmetric warfare, creating these little traps and how they how they potentially attempt to deal with them.
1: I feel like that's about a small group of teenagers took on an organized military. Well, like occupation.
0: What they were doing was they were just they were just picking at the the parts that got separated from the pack if you will. Mm-hmm. I I feel that the part where they like bomb the cafe, that was a little crazy because they know their faces. Like at that point they had full dossiers of all of them. They knew yeah. they were in the hills.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the hills seem fairly separated from the town. So I don't was, know. No, I mean it would it would take you a little while to get there, right? And then to to get there Plant a bomb, not be seen, get out, blow the place up. seems like, I don't, yeah, okay. I, I think the the, the, the gunplay, I mean, again, I wasn't in the military, so, you know, you need Mike Glover to, to, to talk about this kind of stuff. It all seemed fairly realistic on those scenes, except for the, except for the two fake hind military helicopters that they have <laughs> at the end. Those things were, that was a travesty. Um, what do you give it? Realism. I could say 3 3.5 3.5
1: Okay. Okay. I'm not I'm not I'm not against it. Character development was good.
0: I think the character development was all the characters are good. And again, they're kids and Patrick Swayze is playing a kid, which is yes. like dude's 30 something probably in the movie. I don't know. I don't know how old he was when he made that, but um he was not a high school kid.
1: It was a real nine oh two one oh kind of casting.
0: There's there's also this side arc of that uh, Cuban military lead that he makes points throughout the movie of saying, "I was a part of the resistance. I was them." You didn't. Okay. You didn't catch. I you, didn't. Yeah. So he's he's kind of has some animosity to the Russian lead. Okay explaining that like he understands these kids cuz that was always what he did. He doesn't know how to hunt his own kind.
1: Mm. That's why they
0: brought in that other Russian guy to lead the offensive that ultimately like takes out a couple of the kids. Oh. And then at the end of the movie when the when Patrick Swayze is carrying the brother who got shot he the the Cuban general or official doesn't shoot them. Because he identifies with them, he lets them go,
2: mm.
0: right? They still die. I, I mean, spoiler alert. but that whole story arc was like that was a cool development because they showed they showed this guy hanging out with the military, the little jabs that he would make at the Russian guy. It was good i I thought that was a good little character arc for for that guy. they didn't need to do that, it was like, yeah, true. It was it was well done. I don't know, four,
1: okay, four. The score's getting up there.
0: Um, could plot. could
1: this actually beat Ten Cloverfield Lane? I don't know. I mean,
0: per, it's definitely. uh now that makes me question my preparedness because preparedness on Ten Cloverfield Lane is the most on point. Is it truly a five? Should it be a four point five?
1: Are we talking about preparedness of the main characters or preparedness of
0: just everyone? Yeah, because if it's a society of preparedness, yeah, I, I mean it's okay, it's a, I, it's I, a
1: community I, of preparedness. Yeah, I, I okay, yeah. okay, I, I changed my mind.
0: Yeah. The plot paper's dead. Paper's It's a land... A three? But three? I would say like a two at most. Okay.
1: I'll give you two. Entertainment value... High.
0: It depends right? on who you are, but for me, it's a four. Straight up four. Okay.
1: I'll give you the four. All right. Well, that is... Uh, I'm going to tally up these points and... I'm a little bit nervous because the way that we it's like twenty
0: two right
1: things is like
0: wild. It is.
1: It is twenty two.
0: Twenty two. That makes it second.
1: Like yeah.
0: Second place behind Ten Cloverfield Lane.
1: And then it's a I'm tie between Don't Look Up and Twister for third.
2: Okay. And then, then
1: Threads. Threads. Whoa. And then it's Frequency. Everything else. <laughs>
0: okay. Frequency. Yeah. Frequency is good.
1: Yeah. That's and not bad. I'm not
0: surprised. Yeah, it's a fantastic no. movie. No. Yeah. It's, it, well, I mean,
1: mean, obviously you've watched it so many,
0: oh, so times. many times. It so many times. It's a popcorn flick. It's not necessarily insightful or thought provoking. It's just fun. It's kind of like watching a, oh, what's his name? Oh, what's the guy who did Total Recall and RoboCop and Starship Troopers? Paul Verhoeven. Leia, so you've seen Total Recall. hmm You've seen RoboCop. I have. And you've seen... What else did he do? Starship Troopers. Yes. Which is also a fantastic movie. hmm Did you know he was also the director of Striptease? No. Oh, yes. Paul Verhoeven.
1: Oh. <laughs> what an interesting decision.
0: A wild, (laughs) wild wild guy. Oh man! All right. Well,
1: all right. If you would like to help pick the movie that we watch for next week, Mm -hmm. or no, I mean this week, we should. We're supposed to go ahead and choose that movie. Frequency is at the top again. Usually, when we watch the movie, it drops down.
0: It's been watched. (laughs) <laughs> We've watched
1: it's it. Still, it's still we at can the top.
0: Stop voting. We're not going to rewatch it, right?
1: Right. <laughs> and uh, Red Dawn is still up there. The next uh, highest votes is I Am Legend, two
0: thousand seven. Oh, thank you for putting. Oh, you know, I Am Legend is what the title is in two thousand seven, but it's ba- it's a remake of Charlton Heston's Omega Man, which is also good.
1: Excellent. And if you would like to help pick the movie that we watch as the HRCC Movie Club, yeah. you can go to the link in the show notes. It will take you to a poll. The movies need to be disaster, post-apocalyptic, preparedness, or ham radio related. Mm-hmm. So don't pop in there and start suggesting Halloween movies. You can just email Josh directly those recommendations. Yes. that is.
0: <laughs> Have you seen I Am Legend?
1: I'm not sure.
0: Hmm. Okay. This is going to make me watch a scene, one of the scenes in movies I don't like to watch.
1: Okay. It, does it involve a dog? Yes. And then I have seen I Have Legend. Yes. Okay. If you would like to join the conversation, go ahead and shoot us an email at com. Mm-hmm. We will include it in the email correspondence tower discussion of the movie. When you go to suggest your movie, Mm -hmm. please go ahead and just see if anybody else has already suggested the movie and vote on it instead of adding it. Right. Because if you go ahead and add it, it will not end up ranking. It because will not end
0: up ranking, and it will possibly take votes away from the movie you do want us exactly. to. Exactly. Right. So that's exactly that's the the issue there. So make sure you look first before posting your idea.
1: Oh, somebody suggested Train to Busan. Oh, that's such a good movie. Yeah.
0: Train to Busan's good. Uh, C- Contagion. We haven't. I haven't seen that. I'm not. I'm not saying this so you guys vote for it. I'm just saying those are movies that I know are on the list. Oh,
1: Castaways on there. Oh, Cast- contagious on here.
0: No, I know it is. Yeah. Castaway's a good movie. That's a that's you know, that's also one that's like, oh, It's an emotional ride.
1: Yeah. Yeah. About volleyballs. <laughs>
2: Wilson!
5: What's happening? The staircases change, remember?
2: Let's go this way. Before the
0: staircase moves again. Hello and welcome to the email correspondence tower and compound of affiliated buildings. (laughs) This is your opportunity to reach out to us in a myriad of ways. The email correspondence tower is looming. We'll get to that in a second. But the two small outbuildings are the physical mail depot that connects to our P.O. box in Cerritos, Cerritos. California. There is information in the show notes. You don't have to send us things, but if you do, we'll open it on the show. So thanks for doing that. And we do have a box. We had a big box week last week. So thanks everybody who sent us stuff.
1: Oh, definitely.
0: And uh, all those beers, I have. Uh, we have boxed them
1: and hidden them from we have, josh we
0: have hid. we have hidden them in the closet that i forget exists it's the that happens to be the closet in my permanence
1: closet it's my lack gold, of my goldfish
0: permanent. brain does not remember that this thing
1: exists but all right it says howdy from texas on the side howdy from texas <gasps>
0: there is a bucky oh my god Badge going on right here
1: I believe this is from Joshua.
0: It is from Joshua indeed.
1: Thank you, Joshua.
0: So right off the right off oh the rip. Oh my here,
1: goodness.
0: Bucky's nuggets in Bucky's white cheddar white habanero. White cheddar
1: habanero. It is in fact exactly what I thought it was yep. and it's the um the puffs. Yep. Ooh, what's that?
0: Mini lemon crisp <gasps> cookies.
1: Thank you. This is going to go so good with my tea.
0: Then you have That's the, the one. beaver beaver nuggets. nuggets. The, the That's proper the proper caramel beaver nuggets.
1: I I have to eat this right now. And I have to. And the <gasps> Bohemian
0: garlic beef jerky. I solid strips of beef.
1: This is so amazing, Joshua.
0: Thank you.
1: Oh my gosh! I am opening. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Oh
0: my gosh, You be this.
1: I. I am so excited. This is this is a real
0: Oh, it is, this is dripping a with garlic on this. This is so strong. Alright, I'm I'm having a bit of jerky, so This is one
1: hundred percent I just by looking at spectacular. it. Spectacular. I think it is the caramel puff corn that I make that I of learned Midwest from, origin. Yeah, from our Minnesota friends. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna try one.
0: Oh, that is such good beef jerky.
1: Mm. Lots of Oh you know
0: it's you know it's a proper Midwest caramel puffcorn when it weighs eighteen pounds. It's very heavy.
1: Is I just wanna go visit a Bucky's. Can we do it? How do we
0: (laughs) Where's the closest one?
1: I know I have to look (laughs) at Because I'm supposed to understand that, like, there's also barbecue there. There's all kinds of things.
0: All right. Caramel uh, beaver nugget. Oh, yeah. That is.
1: Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, Missouri, South Carolina, Tennessee. All throughout Texas. Texas, you guys are so lucky.
0: I could eat this whole bag. I eat this whole bag, like, in one sitting.
1: This is a real Texas treat. I have to say
0: just sometimes I look at a, a, a bag of things and I look at the serving size and then I look at how many servings are in the bag to see what
1: <laughs> don't do it.
0: <laughs> one serving size would be in this case it is 140 calories per serving but there are 12 servings in this bag.
1: That isn't. (laughs) That's not a very big bag. I mean, it's a it's it's a great size bag. It's a good
0: size bag, but not for for that twelve servings.
1: Servings.
0: That is a lot of calories. I'm. I'm. I would do it.
1: This jerky is incredible.
0: Yeah, it's really good. Oh man, thank you. Okay.
1: It is the right amount of soft.
0: Right. It's not too soft. But well, it's not too hard, like that San Francisco jerky that we always get from, like, Costco. Oh, my gosh. I grew up on from Costco. Thank you, Joshua. This is incredibly nice.
1: Thank you so much.
0: So amazing. I'm also very excited about the, uh, the white cheddar habanero. We'll have to try that, too. All right. So I did get a QSL card. Oh, I think I have. I've seen this QSL card. Thanks for the QSO in October from one KC1OHT. Thanks for the fun, new-to-me mode. Uh, this is Feld Hell, when we made a contact on Feld Hell. Oh, nice. Oh, this is, uh, this is Socks Girl.
1: Nice. Hey, Shannon.
0: Hey, how's it going?
1: Shannon is also the one who wrote like in, in the uh, suggestion for I Am Legend.
0: Ah. Ooh, Shannon. So it's
1: Shannon Week.
0: And then there's another one. So two QSL cards. This is greetings from... KC1 OHT. Marshmallow fluff is made here in Durkey, Mo- a- at the home of Durkey Mower, uh, Mauer Incorporated, Massachusetts. So, right on. We made a contact on FT8 on 20 meters. And you included a, uh, a envelope, so that'll make it easy for me to get you something back to you there. So, appreciate that. Thank you. Oh my gosh, these
1: lemon cookies are delicious.
0: All right. Well, there you go, guys. We're closing the doors on the physical mail depot. Appreciate I want to stay in the Send physical
1: it. mail depot. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be us
0: crunching for the rest of it. It's like, that's so good. When you mix the white cheddar and habanero <gasps> with the caramel, I bet that's amazing. I, it's probably completely amazing. That whole uh, people mixing the cheddar popcorn with the caramel popcorn, Mm -hmm. that is literally a byproduct of when we were kids. And remember when we used to get the big round tins of popcorn? Yes. And it had that dumb paper divider, and you'd start getting towards the bottom of it, and you'd have to reach past the paper divider. So eventually, you'd just pull the paper divider out, and then you'd shake it all up. That's the last flavor. Oh. It's so good. Mix it all up. The buttery, the cheese, the caramel all mixed together. Amazing.
1: Okay. I just I need to go to Texas. What what is the ham fest in Texas? Um
0: Houston. Mm. Houston's
1: the biggest one. Is there is there a Houston Bucky's? I'm
0: sure. A- I'm sure there is. No. I don't see it. No way.
1: No. We're gonna have to go to Fort Worth. Okay. Uh Cyprus,
0: wow, <laughs> so international. Wait
1: wait, wait, wait a minute. In Brazoria, Texas, the Buc-ee's has ethanol-free fuel. <laughs> That's amazing.
0: Okay, is there one outside of Austin?
1: I mm. on the top of the list, right? I don't, I don't know what where these cities are. I, I'm just going to figure it out. I'm yeah. Just gonna uh,
0: probably not to do Bucky's, it live on the...
1: Bucky's road trip.
0: Bucky's road trip. And uh, just a complete side note, Ford has announced that you can get a free adapter for your Lightning or your Mach-E.
1: I mean, the really troublesome thing is that Ford didn't inform the people who own the electric yeah, cars. Yeah, didn't
0: tell us at all. Yeah. yeah. Because so right now you can get a free adapter if you have a Mach-E or a Lightning you just have to log into your Ford Pass on the website. There's a link. You just look up a uh, adapter, uh, mm-hmm. and it's. Here's what I did. I searched for Ford Tesla adapter, pulled up the website.
1: The uh, the only reason that we knew as soon as we did was because
0: some of the Maki We me.
1: have a friend with a Mach-E yeah. who's like, "Hey, did you reserve?"
0: <laughs> yeah. So the the reservation allows you to basically buy, to get a two hundred and forty dollar adapter that takes it from the Ford connector into the Tesla connector.
1: And if you don't reserve in time, mm-hmm. they're not you have free to, anymore. Yeah,
0: you have to pay $240. Wow. So with that, uh, we can now use all the charging services. So Electrify America, everything. So I won't have any problem driving further on out. And if it integrates into the app and includes the Tesla chargers on the the in the truck. That's gonna make things a snap.
1: Does that mean we can go camping in, uh, in Joshua Tree now? I don't know.
0: We I don't know yet. Um, oh
1: no! It was Anza Borrego. That's where I wanted oh, to go, and you were like, I don't think there's charging out there. Well, there
0: isn't. We'd have to charge like in Palm Springs or whatever before we got out there. Hmm. Or we'd have to route through Palm Springs. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's neither here nor there, but uh, that means we could be road tripping in the lightning. I don't know. We'll see. Um. And then we just stop at the Buckys or whatever has charging nearby, and then just go to the Bucky's. Why
1: don't we have Bucky's out here? Does Buckys just like the only only the South in Texas?
0: I don't know. I don't know. maybe it's, it's on their mission statement
1: the, they, they... They don't want people Californiaing their buckies. Yeah, no none like, of that. Can't even here. mention. Don't ask me for
0: they card you when you go in and if you have a California, <laughs> there,
1: they kick you right
0: out. You're done.
1: Can't even get gas. Or they make <laughs> you
0: they make you say the name and if you say Busey's, they say you're gone. <laughs> Straight to jail. Straight to Bucky's jail. You
1: better not make that joke. Bucky sounds like a wonderland
0: very good well thanks again okay then that means we're going off to the voicemail annex this is your opportunity instead of sending us a boring old email let's just hear your voice you can call us at
1: 562 as lena
0: takes a huge gnaw of go- she hit the cough button to take a huge <laughs> bite of garlic jerky
1: it's so good <laughs> it's so good <laughs> the number for the voicemail net is 562-334-2389. Thank you. And away we go.
3: Hey, Josh and this is Mike wx 0 Hey, Mike. And, uh, I, mean, I mean, this last weekend, I made my second ham fest ever. Yeah, I don't make many ham fests, uh, but it's down in uh, Iowa. Yeah, I'm in Minnesota. When I went down to Iowa to so go to a ham fest. And um, the hand test itself was kind of small, seemed smaller than it even was last year, and there wasn't much even to look at there, as far as like, equipment, things like that, uh, most of which the three of us kind of classified as quote unquote junk. Um, <laughs> I'm sure someone has value in most of it, but there just wasn't much to be had there. Sure. But I did pick up a little uh, DMR um, HC. Cool. Uh, so maybe I can uh, join back into the uh, DMR world just a little bit over hotspot. We'll see. <clears throat> I got to get programming cable and stuff ordered yet. So, um, but beyond that, we did a couple photos because it was uh, almost sixty degrees here in the Upper Midwest.
2: That's Whoa. warm right the, now. Right?
3: Uh, the first yeah. photo we went to a park. It was still a little bit early in the morning, so it was still chilly. Um, I could only get one contact out of uh, 10 and 12, and the other bands were being pounded by me uh, by the other guy I was with who's, uh, who made a really good contacts on several other bands. Um, that might lead to a question here, uh, how to filter out that kind of stuff. Mm. <clears throat> and then the other uh, park we stopped at um, in El- uh, Elbert Lee, Minnesota, uh, we picked up, I picked up 63 contacts, I wow. think, on my uh, That's Comet phenomenal. Uh, 17-foot width. So I I think the, and that was on my G90. So I think the whole combo works well. I just was not getting out very well on 10 and 12 at about 10 o'clock in the morning.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, so anyway, I uh, thought I'd just share that uh, whole adventure. Uh, so I did not activate one park. I did activate one other Unfortunately, hammers uh, locked up on me a couple times, and I could not lock oh. a couple of oh, no. Um I don't know if it's a Windows hammers and windows issue or what, but I hope they... Um, hopefully everything works.
0: <laughs> that sounds amazing. I think I'm going to be POTA-ing tomorrow, so we'll see. I haven't decided on where I'm going to go yet, but I have a... Actually, I've got like a number of radios and a number of antennas I need to get out there. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, you do. <laughs>
1: well, thank you so much, Mike. Thank
5: you, Mike. Hello, HRCC, Josh, and Lay. This is Alabama Andrew, KQ4APD. I hope everybody hey, Alabama doing good Andrew. this week and survived last week's uh, cell phone outage. Uh, I was definitely affected, which was terrible because uh i was out at in another state doing some training for part of our hazmat team so getting to call home and speaking a lot was pretty hard to do and oh, no. i really hated it
1: but you've like got it. that but beautiful ham shack who, in your house now
5: Josh, i want to comment on your video that you just did about uh about the at&t cell phone outage yes sir uh, that was a wonderful video i'm not well, gonna you. lie like, I watched it over and over again. It was it so was full of cheese. a piece of <laughs> magnifique work. Especially that part where Leo was so nice and texted you about how I definitely texted those exact that, words. You know, we're making all these backup redundant systems so y'all could still communicate. God, I wish my wife was nice enough to send me texts. <laughs> Don't forget I she feels really safe, too. Radio yes. equipment so so we have protected. a better way of uh, communicating. And so nice. Um so I'm calling actually to talk to you, uh per my last voicemail.
2: You know, I called <laughs> in
5: saying that I burn up that tuner with the Buddy Stick Pro. So to give you some context, uh I still did the taps on the coils mm-hmm. that were required and did the radio wire out, but when I did it instead of wanting to waste time with the rig expert I had trying to get it down below like two, I think it was two to one SWR, which I know is still fine, but I like it to be lower because I'm picky like that. I was just going to use the tuner to tune it down below, it's closer to one and a half or less. Okay. Well, after doing all that stuff when we were going, that's when the tuner started burning up. Well, surprise, then, surprise. I've actually taken that tuner apart and come to find out it wasn't us running too much power through it. The tuner that I have has its own little battery, portable battery that's internal inside of it. And when I took it apart, I began looking, and what happened was is that that battery shorted out, causing other stuff to short out in the system. Oh my goodness. And oh my gosh. What, so, what? Luckily, it wasn't me, even though I probably didn't need to do all the stuff that I did. Um, but yeah, so everybody's asking this, be careful of the little, little pillow of uh, lithium battery that's in there. To short out and causing you to have a really bad day.
2: Oh uh, no. Before I go,
5: I just want to talk about how, you know, I was out of another state and I flew and all that. And when traveling back, uh, the airport misplaced my luggage. So right now I'm, I'm suing them. Just to let that you know I lost my case. <laughs> <laughs> I like it.
1: <laughs> That's a good one.
0: So this is where having an antenna analyzer that will allow you to do, um, the, the resistance and uh, what's the term that I'm looking for? It's not capacitance. Reactance. I think it's reactance. <clears throat> that's that's the Z value, Z and R. So if you have – okay. So imagine your SWR curve is a sweeping thing, and depending on the bandwidth of the antenna, the V is going to be really wide. The dip is going to be where you think that the resonant spot is. That's not always true, And for some of these loaded verticals, doing an R and Z test will show you actually where the resonant spot of the antenna is. And so you're looking for an R value of 50, and you want that Z value to be as close as possible to zero or right on the line of that grid, right? It's an Mm -hmm. X grid, like geometry grid. And that is where having one of these more advanced uh, rig expert devices really can help you out or like a nano VNA, those kind of things.
1: All right, I've got one more.
0: Okay.
5: Uh, so my wife was mad at me today because I was being all lazy. I don't know why she's mad at me. I didn't even do anything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is. Uh, That's a weaponized incompetence. That girl. is okay. something <laughs> that Leah has said to me. I'm like Leah. I wasn't even. I wasn't even doing anything. And you're like exactly,
1: <laughs> exactly,
0: <laughs> exactly
1: nail on the head. Mm-hmm.
3: Hello, this is Yep, it's
4: kilo One Mike Alfazulu,
1: Hey, Zulu, and I just
4: want to um briefly thank Josh for um yet again another excellent video. Well,
2: thank um, you.
4: and I appreciate um when Josh does like deeper subjects for the people that have been watching a long time, but also it's important to have the baseline um videos to add to uh, the playlist, uh, you're interested in ham radio, um, watch these videos. So it's helpful to get the baseline and, and overall like a high-level coverage uh, of subjects, especially um, the one that he just had about cell, when cell service was out using current events mm-hmm. to show people how important different aspects of ham radio or ham radio adjacent uh, aspects of the electromagnetic frequencies just it it it's an important aspect of just getting people interested in the general sense and seeing the the real benefits not past um just being a hobby there's people that get into it fully as just a hobby and
2: mm-hmm.
4: and other people that are fully just for emergency communication. Wait for or, this week's
1: newsletter. Uh, or this newsletter. Mm-hmm. People that
4: are a mixture of both. I even, it reminds me um, a number of weeks ago I got a call on my ham um, shack hotline um, from someone that they saw that I was in um, Vermont and they were trying to uh, tell me about a D-Star repeater that I might be able to hit from my house that I haven't been able to get, uh, look into it because of my current setup, but um, and he was very like very about emergency communications and not, not even like really into nets and such like that. But he was he was interested nice. in just the the use of it not as Net. a hobby and he wasn't really an HF person. But <gasps> he uses the aspect of ham radio that he is interested in yeah. and he sees benefits from. Yes. And other people use it just for. For hobby and or, or a mixture, so I uh, thank you very much. And uh seventy three before we get cut off.
1: Nice. He's really into I nuts. Th- I, I the was thought. like, oh, he really likes smokehouse almonds, or
0: how does that pertain
1: to radio? Smokehouse almonds are so good. Even Trader... welcome
0: to the nut net. Tr-
1: Trader Joe's has come out with so many fantastic flavors of nuts. Mm-hmm. Right. But nothing beats the Smokehouse almonds.
0: Dude, the Smokehouse almonds by Diamond are... So good. So good. It's
1: keeping that whole company
0: afloat. I, they are <laughs> so good. I don't even like almonds. There was a while where like, I was going through a raw almond. Yeah. I was trying to activate my almonds every day. Yeah. And the, <laughs> the Smokehouse almonds from Diamond were what... I. I once do you I,
1: activate almonds again? You just soak them? That Is was it?
0: the joke. don't you you don't remember it's a really old meme so once upon a time people still do this and it's just the most unhinged thing that people do it was like Wahlberg telling us like what his day looked like his schedule anybody want to just workouts (laughs) anybody want to just laugh at completely how disconnected some of these stars are go look up mark Wahlberg's schedule
1: But that's his job.
2: He
0: has to be super fit. I get it. But just I want you to pay attention to the durations of time that he is contributing to some of these things. (laughs) It is nonsense. (laughs) Nonsense. But what a lot of people did was they would also show like a picture of themselves and then show like what they'd eat in a day. Yes. And this one dude, if you just Google, you could do it right now. Google it while I'm talking. Activated almonds. It's a picture. Of this guy, and he's talking about his his meal plan, his meal prep, and all of his menu items are completely wild, and he, one of them is, it says,
1: activate. My day on a plate.
0: <coughs> right. Yeah, so just read some of those off. Do you have it?
1: I'm trying to okay. get to it where I can read it.
0: All right. One of the hey. items that he has is activated almonds. Yes. And it. You got it? Oh, yes. Yeah. Read okay. some of that. Yeah.
1: So he's a chef and Weight Watchers ambassador. Mm-hmm. 7 a.m. Two glasses of alkalized water with apple cider vinegar, then a smoothie of blended alkalized water, organic spirulina, activated almonds, maca. And that's not macas. <laughs> okay, that's <laughs> not matcha? No, it's maca. Okay. I think it's a root. Sure. But not like macas in, in Australia. That's McDonald's. Macas. Macas. Sorry. I was like, where do Bluebe- you go with this? I don't know what you're talking Blueberry, about. Blueberry, stevia, coconut kefir, and two organic free-range eggs. Then at 830, an hour and a half later, he eats sprouted millet, sorghum, (sighs) chia, and buckwheat bread with liver pate, avocados, cultured vegetables. Does that mean like fermented?
0: (coughs) No, it means they went to college.
1: Oh, I see. Okay. Spends a lot of time at MoMA. (laughs) Plus ginger and licorice root tea.
0: There's just so many...
1: Then four hours later at 1230, he has fresh fish, sautéed kale and broccoli, spinach and avocado salad, and more cultured veggies. Wonderful. At 3 p.m., he has activated almonds. There it is. Coconut chips, cacao nibs, and green tea. Then for dinner, he ha- at 630 p.m., he has emu meatballs, <laughs> sautéed <laughs> veggies, cultured veggies... <laughs> Plus a cup of ginger, like, I can only assume. How
0: much did that meal plan cost? How much was that? Emu meatballs. What are you talking about?
1: So this article says that activated almonds became the most talked about yes. Twitter topic after being featured in this My Day on a Plate. Right. Okay. By 11 a.m., the term activated almonds had been tweeted 4,320 <laughs> <laughs> times. Sorry. Stand down, everyone. The almonds are activated. Repeat. The almonds are activated. (laughs) (laughs) I'm yelling activate at all of my food prior to meals now. (laughs) I wonder how many of the 24,902 people in the fruit and tree nut growing industry also enjoy activated (laughs) almonds.
0: I... Do they explain what they are?
1: No, no. It's just an article clowning on
0: that. So funny. It's so funny. Acti- literally, I remember when this post dropped and everybody was like, how does one activate an almond?
1: So there is a company that sells activated almonds. Of course. And the question is, <laughs> what does that really activates my almonds mean? <laughs> <laughs> Activation means their nutrients have been unlocked and their goodness is more bioavailable.
0: What does that mean?
1: What well, Once that's done, we dehydrate them for a couple of days until they are super light. and cre- It must be soaking. It has to be. There's a link <laughs> to how do you activate almonds quickly? <laughs> you can't.
0: You can't. Nobody's got the time to slowly activate their almonds.
1: What is the difference between almonds and activated almonds? An activated nut or seed has simply been soaked in water for twenty-four hours and then dried out again over low heat because raw nuts contain phytic acid and enzyme inhibitors that can reduce the body's ability to absorb certain nutrients properly. <laughs> I'm gonna I have to activate my almonds.
0: We gotta, we gotta try it. I'm gonna activate some almonds. Maybe we should activate some of these beaver nuggets.
1: Yeah, can we? <laughs> With my saliva.
0: <laughs> there you go. Activate some beaver nuggets. They're so
1: good. You know what? This is a treat that literally most Californians oh, don't never know about. Would caramel puff would never understand. Nu- this is caramel
0: puff is like a Midwest thing. Like we had no concept of this until we we ventured out. We made some friends outside of California.
1: The. The US, the center of the country and the South.
0: The United States, if you will,
1: hiding just some of the most delicious treasures.
0: Was it hillbilly sushi, which is chip beef that's wrapped around cream cheese, pickles, and pickles, is fantastic. So in my wheelhouse of like, I think I made that oh, so for a good. Trailer
1: Park Boys. Uh, yes, you did. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was. For we the just new watched them. We just watched the whole.
0: <laughs> it was one of the new seasons. We were. It was a Netflix and and chill kind of night.
2: <laughs>
0: another another reference to Patrick Swayze, Trailer Park Boys, the Swayze. He was in that. No. The Swayze oh,
2: train. Uh, Yes,
0: they had a really complex idea to create a, uh, a a drug ring where they moved the drugs using a Lionel class train <laughs> that they called the Swayze train. Those tiny little rail cars, right? The tiny little rail cars they stuffed with marijuana <laughs> and then would have a super long track that they'd run it just into the next whatever, the next trailer park. The Swayze train. The Swayze
1: train. All right. On to the next voicemail. Thank oh, you man. for that, Nathan.
0: Thank you, Nathan.
7: Hey, Josh and Leah. This is Shelby from Oklahoma.
0: Hey, Shelby. Uh, Good name. I've
7: got a comment. Uh, first time name. calling in. i uh, been listening to the podcast for about two years, almost about three years.
2: Well, thank, uh, you. thank you. Appreciate uh,
7: that. Several podcasts ago, probably several months ago, Leah was talking about uh, river rafting and how do the people get back to their cars if they got to park and then float <laughs> the river? That's uh, it. Most, they just uh, live on the in Portland, river. we have the Illinois River, some you say they're park still at river the rafting. Place that you rent the raft from, uh, you park at their uh, business, and then they have a bus that will transport you uh, so many miles down the river, uh, depending on what you paid for, and you get dropped off there, and then you float the river all the way back down to where your vehicle. I is. really need to go enter your base. Also, uh. Leah you, uh, Josh, and you guys talked about your kids being in Boy Scouts. Yes. Uh, something my mom right would now. do, yeah. Cubs uh, Cubs. at least for the uh, older Boy Scouts. I think she did this for the for the, the Cub Scouts. But she would go to thrift stores and find uniform shirts oh. and pants That's uh, a idea. fairly this cheap. This is such a good uh,
1: idea. They're so expensive. And then donate them
7: to the
2: troop
1: for oh.
7: families that would not,
1: couldn't Let's afford a brand
7: new uniform because usually those are like $60 for a shirt mm-hmm. or pants. And they would be as a uh, loaner uniform. If that child left, then they would have to return the uniform or whatnot if they didn't complete the program or whatever. But uh, it was a way to get back to the troops to uh, provide for families that may not can't afford everything, especially the uniforms since those are pretty pricey for a brand new one.
0: Oh, absolutely! That is and,
7: amazing. A uh, little excited, yeah. uh, Josh. This weekend for the ham radio topic, uh, I got I had the G ninety. Uh, I was uh, down in southwest Oklahoma, down in uh, Quartz Mountain State Park, and was running the uh, 20 watts with a speaker wire dipole. Oh, nice. Uh, and I was running on uh, 10 meters, and I, I heard a guy talking. He said he was Florida 6 kilo Oscar Papa. And so he kept saying Florida. He had a little bit of accent, so obviously he kind of sounded Hispanic, but by the way, the the audio was so he sounded like he uh, was from like, like possibly Cuban. Yeah. So I made a contact with him, uh, and he heard me, gave me a five something I can't remember exactly, and so I was like, okay, cool. I, I made a contact with Florida. Well, it wasn't until 24 hours later, uh, help from people with help on the Discord, uh, they informed me that uh, that's that's a France uh, uh, call sign. So I made a contact with a France. Contact, oh. which was 4,969 miles away. Wow. With 20, wire, uh, 20 watts on a speaker wire drive. That's
1: wild. That's awesome.
7: uh, Southwest uh, Oklahoma, which I was, I was pretty impressed
0: with. Oh. So my wife gave me side eye. I'm not kidding. I think the name Shelby is awesome.
1: Well, that's your sister's name. <laughs> no, I know, but
0: like for anybody. You named her. No, but like <laughs> Shelby is obviously female, but I think it's a great guy's name. I think Shelby's a great name. Love the name. Also, I heard Frontier Airlines is getting into rafting. And what they do, they have a different system. So you go down the river in your boat, and then they have a larger boat that they put your car in, and they send <laughs> after you. So your car is waiting. Like, you could, you could hand deliver your car. It's like picking up your luggage when you, when you check it, but it's your whole vehicle. That's, that's the Frontier model.
1: Knowing frontier, they definitely lose your car. <laughs> it's,
0: just, it's just flipped over. It's still on. It's, uh, it was strapped to the raft. It's just flipped. <laughs> you still got to pull it out of the water. But then you get some fish. Hey, Josh, apparently I I got cut though. off
7: by the, the timer. Oh. I wasn't paying attention. Uh, anyways, uh, so uh, I, I made a contact uh, with my on ten meters. My first HF contact as a tech. Uh, still working on my Nice. General, uh, That's your first content. I get my before you lay it. You son uh, of a. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I hope you do. Josh, keep up the good hope videos and stuff like that. that. That definitely inspired me to get get going, uh, build my own antenna, and uh, try to get out there on ten meters. Since ten meters is booming. Uh,
0: ten meters is booming.
7: Also, Josh, you guys were talking about Twister. Since we live, I live in Oklahoma. Uh, I don't know. You haven't mentioned it. No one else has brought it up. But have you seen the new Twister? Trailer for the new uh, second movie for Twister called Twisters. Twisters. Coming out uh, here uh, this summer. Uh, I was just curious. Well, that it <laughs> it was that the new and Furious? Looks fairly interesting. They did film it in Oklahoma, so there is some uh, different shots filmed across Oklahoma. Anyways, that's all I had. Uh How are they definitely doing catch this? you on the podcast.
1: Well, thank you so much. Bill Paxton's dead. <coughs> It's called Twisters. Yeah, it's a new cast. It's a reboot. Oh
0: no! Again,
1: well, you wouldn't be upset if it was Vin Diesel, too fast, too furious just Twisters, driving just a- driving, driving the tornado. <laughs> He's figured out how to drive so fast he can tr- control just, the path of just the tornado. Driving
0: a muscle car into the twister. Yeah, racing absolutely. At, he's he's racing a twister with another. He has to get into another twister to race the first twister
1: <laughs> for family.
0: This, but for family, <laughs> yes. he's got to save the family <laughs> of twisters. The, twi- the, the twister,
1: <laughs> they lost their minivan. <laughs>
0: No, they're in. <laughs> it's There's Han a family driving a Sienna. <laughs> in a Sienna. They're in another Twister. <laughs> and he has to drive his car
1: yeah. into the Twister. But it's to save Han's them. car.
0: It's Han because it's yes. a Toyota Sienna. Yes. 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 Of course. Of course. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That reminds we got me. got it. So, second favorite. So, obviously, Twisters makes complete sense. You have Twister. But Twister had
1: multiple Twisters
0: in it. This reminds me of my favorite thing that makes me insane. The movie Now You See It. What? Remember the movie Now You See It?
1: No, what was it about?
0: Magicians. Okay. That do heists.
1: Yes, yes, okay, okay.
0: And so the obvious sequel is... Now You Don't. Now You Don't. They named it Now You See It Too. (laughs) <laughs> and it was like the biggest missed opportunity of all time of all time now you so don't. many
1: so many missed opportunities it's oh, it's insane, but at least they're using a conforming naming protocol or the, like ham radio there was
0: a guy i I stumbled on this video on youtube the guy he made a video on. Trying to document the level of insanity of the of the tricks and illusions in the movie, and deriving if the the people the characters were actual magicians or some kind of supernatural wizard being, and he broke down all the illusions from both movies. Okay, okay, and one of the characters is just straight up a demon like just, <laughs> no, no one can do any of the tricks that he did like he could phase through matter it's, it's it was very funny anyway all right all right well Here's thank another. you
1: so much Shelby
0: now you don't come on where were we on that one guys
1: Josh and Leah, this
6: is Doug KB8M hey Doug, hey, Doug. I'm out in Michigan uh, just uh, out here feeding the horses and I thought I'd uh, give a quick call a couple of quick things from listening to the this week's podcast okay uh, First off, Contact—the uh, movie you were talking about—I have to admit that is a great movie. Uh, the uh, the radio that's in it, the uh, flashback, thing. and and uh, I guess you'd say the time travel through uh, to the intro is is awesome. The, the whole Freaking movie was is pretty a cool. Good movie. So yeah, I agree. Uh, definitely, definitely watch that. Uh, second thing uh, you were talking about a trip uh, into New Orleans. Uh, because you need time for you guys, mm. I do in New Orleans. But uh, we are gonna, we are planning a trip this summer. I think I'm gonna make it to Dayton. Yeah. Not, not sure if i to make Dayton uh, in May, but uh, my wife Lori KD8CXS and I are planning to be at Huntsville this year. All so right. the friendliest it is. See the other YouTubers and. Maybe make some uh, parachute mobile contacts with Carlos and,
2: mm-hmm. and see Checks the
6: mission and head to the Rocket Center. I haven't been there in years. Uh, but we are going to be staying at Montesano. So uh, hopefully you we'll be able to How see their uh, I will be and the
0: there.
6: other folks. Uh, excited. So just thought I'd say hi. for all you do. And we'll talk to you later. Thank you. 73, this is Doug kb
0: Well, we're see looking night. forward to seeing you. Thanks, Doug. Thanks,
1: Doug. That'll be great. You get to meet the man, the legend, the musician, Doug.
0: Yeah. That's so going to be very fun. Very exciting. Bring your guitar. And no, that was kidding.
1: the last voicemail. All
0: right. So those were wonderful voicemails. Thank you so much, everybody, for calling us and leaving your voicemail. That means it's time to start climbing the tower, which you can email us. Leah at hamtactical.com. We love it if you send us your ham radio story, your journey, if you will. And if you've got a couple of bumps and you need a little help with a ham radio question, we'll go ahead and throw that in the email as well. And if you send us a merch idea, we basically fund this podcast off of the merch store, hamtactical.com we'd love it if you take a look the link is in the show notes but if you send us a
1: merch just idea, look though just look.
0: just look don't yeah no <laughs>
1: we're, we're
0: funded by eyeball views that's 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 how we that's how we run the whole thing uh but if you send us a merch idea and we like it and Leia makes it that's the challenging part she's very busy we'll send you one for free so appreciate it appreciate you
2: hello hello Welcome to the tower.
1: Hello, hello. Welcome to the tower. Leah's reading your emails and Josh is going on a tangent. Thank you for your email. We hope you like it here. Well, thank you. So jaunty. So jaunty. Well, this week I want to note something at the top of the email correspondence tower. There is a link In the show notes for the campout that we were talking about earlier, Mm -hmm. the HRCC campout, April 26th through 28th, I've been getting emails for RSVPs.
0: That does not work.
1: (laughs) Please RSVP on the the Google Mm -hmm. uh, link for the Google form. And I look forward to seeing you. Josh does too. Yes. But I really do look forward to seeing everybody. I think I'm making tacos. Oh, carne asada!
0: You're gonna set up a whole al pastor rig for me.
1: What? I'm kidding. I mean, I could. I've always wanted one of those spit things. I know, (laughs) right? All right. The first email is titled "HRCC Apple Podcast Reviews from the UK." Oh, and this comes from Richard. Hello, Lay and Josh. As per my current email that you will find below. I was wondering if you get to see the UK reviews on what? Apple Podcasts. They don't pull to the same what? thing. In your show you mentioned all the USA home market reviews, but I do not remember hearing any of the UK based posts. Forgive me if I've missed them. I I don't know that we have a way to differentiate. Please see the attached picture of the UK Apple Podcast no reviews way. for HRCC. As you can see, they are just UK comments. So I think there may be a regional thing happening within the Apple platform.
0: No way.
1: You will see in the top pick, I also listened to QSO today. Of sure. Another fine listen for anyone in the hobby. Thank you both for the amazing experience that you give us each week. Oh, thank you for listening. So do I have to... 73 Richard M0DSK.
0: That... I have to get like a, a a VPN to be able to see it? Like I have to pretend I'm in another country?
1: Well, this is, I mean, but the UK one has the US reviews on it.
0: Are we missing some though? Are you, You're looking at the picture. What do you think?
1: I'm just going to go ahead and read it. Okay. It's titled, You Just Keep Giving. And this comes from Richard M0DSK. At the end of the week, a hefty HRCC podcast comes crashing into my iTunes pod phone thingy
0: app. I definitely have not read this review. <coughs> that is true.
1: You know what I mean, I hope. Anyway, you always have plenty to share and the hours fly by. I'm always amazed and amused at the vast range of topics covered and the resulting commentary between both of you is superb. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That's awesome. I can pretty much clean the cars, do all the gardening jobs, and still have enough left over for a commute for a couple of days and some bedtime listening. Seems a bit light on reviews on this Apple platform, so I thought I had better make an extra effort to show you some heartfelt appreciation for all the efforts you both put in to this fantastic show and the hobby in general. How do you find the time to do everything? How you find the time to do everything is a mystery or maybe just a miracle. Thank you, Leia and Josh, Richard. Wow. M0DSK. Thank you, Richard. Thank you. That's, That's so very nice. kind. And I, I don't know how this works. We had not read your review. We before. definitely have not. Yeah.
0: And we apologize for that. Now yeah, we have that to was, figure out
1: what's going was on. That was a super awesome thank you. The wow. next email very is very weird. Well, Why don't you know how to do things, Josh?
0: (laughs) So, like, I have to VPN to the UK to be able to see the UK... But
1: the UK can see the reviews from the US.
0: That's so weird.
1: I, I, I do need to check something really fast, though, because... The rating on his platform is lower... And the rating on our platform.
0: Wow. Those UK guys, they're voting us down.
1: Yeah, hurt, hurts my feelings a little bit.
0: Because we're not the ICQ podcast. Oh, man. ICQ podcast, Pride of Britain. That checks out. Yeah, good stuff. Hey, don't bring us down just because you like those old boys.
1: <laughs> I like them too. There's room for everyone. That's right. The next email is titled, orienteering orienteering information orienteering <laughs> yes and this comes from Ben KB3HCT Leah and Josh listening to the current episode of the podcast and heard Josh's discussion about orienteering I also started orienteering <laughs>
0: orienteering
1: Orient- te- <laughs> and have pursued it some as an adult as well Though it's been a few years since I've been to an event, I often describe it to people as being like a cross country race in high school. (laughs) High school? High school? (laughs) <laughs> where they don't mark the entire course, just specific points along the way, and they give you a map of where they all all the points are located.
0: And then they say good luck.
1: <laughs> My troop went to the Mid-Atlantic Scout Orienteering Championships each year, which 20 years ago had 400 scouts at it each year, hosted by the Delaware Valley Orienteering Club. The event is in its 35th year. That's awesome. What Josh described in the podcast is fixed permanent orienteering courses. yes, yes. But there are also orienteering meets where their organizers, typically an orienteering club, sets temporary markers called controls out in an open area, like a state park or scout camp, for a day. Traditionally, you punched a card with a unique pin pattern punch at each control, but today electronic punching is common and you carry a flash drive sized device that you type against a similar device at each control to prove you were there. Nice. Wow. Okay. it's very uh, tech advanced. The national organization is Orienteering USA. Ben has provided a link. On their site, you can find links to local clubs. Your local club is the Los Angeles Orienteering Club. Also a link. Thank you, Ben. They have an event coming up on March 10th at Shabaram Regional oh. Park in Roland Heights. I have been to Shabaram. I have too. So, many, so times. many times.
0: I used to go catch polywogs and like get frogs.
1: Oh, I thought you meant like polywogs, the Pokemon. I was like, you didn't have to go all the way to Shabaram. No, when I was a that. scout,
0: we would go to that because we were in Whittier. Roland Heights is like right over Kalima. We was like, you know, really close we we go to Shabaram all the time.
1: Kalima is where you start to get to all the good Asian food. That's in Roland. That's the There beginning. is mm-hmm. some good Asian food in Roland yeah. Heights. Yeah, Which looks to be not far from Cerritos through my Pennsylvanian perspective on distance versus time and car. Is probably way off for SoCal traffic. No, it's, it's reasonably mm, close. Like so, maybe it's 25 minutes.
0: Wait. He, okay. No, probably not. Maybe. Okay. Everybody needs to understand that there is a, there's a large swath of land that is northeast of the 605 and the 91 that has no freeways until you get to the 57. Yes. And everything there we call landlocked, even though obviously everything's landlocked. What we mean is that the access to a freeway is very low.
1: Oh, it takes so long to get to a freeway from certain cities. So
0: you almost have to go north up the 605 and then cut over Mm -hmm. to get to Roland Heights off like the 10, I think. Mm -hmm. Or growing up in Whittier, because I was a part of that landlocked area, we drove over Kalima. Um, That's a a side street that takes you over the Whittier Narrows Hill. And then we'd sometimes come back over Hacienda, which Mm. Hacienda was awesome. And then if you're a super like... Car guy into the twisties. There's something called Turnbull Canyon that connects Roland Heights to Uptown Whittier, and I would ride that on the S2000 a lot. That was a that's a fun um, road that uh, I grew up going. I was
1: accessed uh, Roland off the 60.
0: Oh, the 60. That's right, not the 10. The 10's north mm-hmm. of that. Yeah, the 60. You're right.
1: I am right because that's the land of my peoples. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Roland, Hacienda, all good stuff. Take a look at their results page to see where the past events have been and how many they have. I love it. Well, thank you. There's a lot of info on the above websites to explain the details, but I'll note the courses are color-coded for difficulty, difficulty level and distance. There's a really good description of the different courses in the FAQ part of LA Orienteering's website beginners start with the quote unquote white level chorus just like belts start with a white belt.
0: Then you gotta fight a guy.
1: Yeah. If your Ben gets a chance to go to a meet, I'm sure he'll enjoy it. He would love it.
0: If you give if Ben can operate the compass, which we've got the we have an orienteering compass and he already knows how compasses work, but if you give Ben that and he can navigate
1: and he can run. Dude's he is fast. so fast. He
0: is really fast. So if he can figure out how to do it, he might actually really like that. That might be that might he be might. a fun uh, thing for the Cub Scouts. Like, uh, have them go and see what it's like.
1: Everything is fun for the Cub Scouts.
0: Well, I mean, <laughs> not building a, a flagpole holder. That's yeah, not so fun the for Weevilos
1: the Yeah, the Weevilos had to build, at the Scout meeting this past week, the Weevilos had to build... Uh, Some, They had to build pole. something, yes.
0: but they decided they're going to do a flagpole holders. A
1: flagpole stand, which is really just four pieces of wood and a PVC pipe in the middle.
0: Right. So it makes like an X with a little square hole that you put right. a PVC pipe in.
1: Yes. Now,
0: the Scoutmaster, we've mentioned him before. Amazing guy. Love it. Best him. of intentions. Yes. Lots of patience. But sometimes... Hammer and nails. <laughs> sometimes the path he goes would not be the path that i would take in in this case he literally just hacked up two by fours into the right size (laughs) and then gave all the kids two by fours and ten penny nails said get to work
1: did you say ten penny
0: yeah they were like ten penny nails
1: what are ten penny nails
0: that's the size delineation for a nail what a ten penny nail
1: why is it called a ten penny
0: a nail 3 inches about 7.6 is long is a 10 penny. It's one word, 10 penny.
1: Why is it called a 10 penny? Cuz that's I've never heard that before.
0: You've never heard of the term 10 penny nail. I don't
1: I don't work a lot. So a, with a
0: penny nails, and it's maybe but... not one it's maybe not one word. In the United States, the length of a nail is designated by a penny size written with a oh. number and abbreviation of D for penny. For example, 10D for a 10 penny nail. So it's the
1: length of 10 pennies?
0: uh, No, that doesn't work out. A larger number indicates a longer nail shown in the table below. Diameter of the nail also varies based on the penny size. Depending on a nail's type, nails under one and one quarter inch are often called brads, Mm. not even a nail, (laughs) are sold mostly in small packages with only the link designation or the length of the wire gauge. Penny sizes originally referred to the price for a hundred oh. 100 or long hundred which is 120 <laughs> nails in England in the 15th century I'm so glad we're still using 15th century <laughs> measurements for hardware that's amazing I'm really think proud of that I've
1: ever seen it called that at Home Depot so.
0: The larger the nail, the higher the cost per long hundred. And yeah. a long hundred is 120. Amazing. Why say, you yeah. know, hey. The system remained in use in England into the 20th century, but is obsolete there today. Nails are still designated in penny sizes in the United States. I'm so glad we've really hung on to that tradition. <laughs> really amazing. So a 10 penny is roughly 3 inches, which is r- roughly the size that, that we were working with. All right. They were also like galvanized coated, which makes driving them in harder. And then also oh, the kids. makes them really difficult to pull them out. Because it's not the it's it's not galvanized, it's that greenish coating. Once you hammer those in, they get like locked yeah. in place. Mm-hmm. And those kids, no one taught them how to hammer. Not not and, straight anyway. And Darren,
1: <laughs> not straight down. And,
0: and Darren kind of like gave us the equipment to some of the dads and moms and then just was like, okay, I'm going to go do this fitness thing now. Yes. And boogied on out of there. Left us with some of these we kids. We did
1: two adventures simultaneously. Yeah, 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 And then did a swap. And hammering a nail
0: for all – It's th- much harder than well, it seems. for everybody. everybody listening, they're familiar because they've probably done it a lot. Yes. But when you're trying to describe to a kid how to hammer a nail, you think, "Well, you just aim and whack it, right?" No. It has to be perpendicular to yes. the head of the nail. Yes. Like that was the I was I was not driving dr- funny haha. I was not in, instilling how hard they hit it. That was never the point. Yeah. It was accuracy and being perpendicular to the head of the nail so you didn't bend it. So I, many bent nails. So
1: many bent nails. You know what, though? And they do
0: great. And then they'd whack it wrong once and it would skew it. And I'm like, man, here I, we go.
1: I did see a TikTok of what looked like a dozen guys.
0: A dozen guys. Yes. Is and, this where the, it's the relay race? Yes. Hammer and nails? Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> and I was like, they're not doing better than the Weevilos.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> It's a relay where they get one whack, right? Yeah.
1: <coughs> Very entertaining. All right. And well, that 73 is from Ben KB3 HCT. Thank you for the orienteering information.
0: Thank you. I love that. That
1: sounds like a ton of fun. Mhm. The next email is titled It Finally Happened. Uh-oh. Greetings, Jason and Laura.
0: Good. <laughs> that's even better.
1: <laughs> Jason's wife is not named Laura, right?
0: I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> So um, I think that was just I appreci-
1: a I appreciate it though. Yeah, thank you. It's been a minute since my last email, so I thought I should catch you up. In my last email, I mentioned that I would be starting an amateur radio club at a local school. It took longer than I thought for it to become an actuality, but two weeks ago, we had our first meeting. Wow. Congratulations. Congratulations. Nice. We initially had six students sign up for the club, but two of them were also involved with preparations for a play so they could not attend. The arts trumped science. But that's okay. Maybe we can catch them next time.
0: The onstage debut of Frequency.
1: Exactly. (laughs) We're continuing with four students from 7th through 10th grade. Two of them are my grandkids, Big Plus. We meet yeah. weekly for an hour, so I'm encouraging them to spend time on hamstudy.org and also watch the HRCC YouTube series on the technician class exam questions. Wow, thank you. I'm hoping that those activities, as well as some teaching, I will be able to do as well, giving them hands-on, on-the-air experience with me as control operator, will get them to the goal of getting their ticket. So far, I have been able to demonstrate UHF, VHF repeater communication, HF FT8, and we have done a little bit of HF SSB.
0: Oh, that's excellent! You're showing them early all that stuff. Well, great job! Great job.
1: Each demonstration has been met with excitement and amazement by the ham curious youngsters. That's That's great. Good job. I I'm so excited for them and you. Yeah. All of this has been done with my portable setup, a homebrew 10-meter vertical, a Yaesu FT-100D, and my Yaesu VX6. We have had amazing financial backing for this club, so we've been able to purchase an Icom 7300, a Hustler 5B TV, 5-band trap vertical antenna, Uh and a 35-amp-hour power supply, and an 800-watt amplifier. All of that will be set up over the next month or so. We are also in the process of applying for a school club call sign. Wow. That's that's excellent. That's going to be a great ham shack at the school. Although we are small in numbers, now we are building for the future and hope to be enriching the education of these young people through amateur radio. Oh, yeah. Speaking of education, Thank you, Leah, for schooling Josh about what is coming down the pike. I was actually verbally telling Josh he was wrong just before you mentioned you were looking the proper definition up. This is an old saying that I can remember my mom explaining to me when I was but a young lad. Strange that I should feel so strongly about such an inconsequential thing, but I was greatly relieved when you gave the proper definition. And
0: hey, it's a long road to hoe to get to... <laughs> idiom down the pike supremacy
1: you were so sure about pipe too that's so funny well
0: because i thought they literally meant a medieval sure sure you just get impaled on it and it's a long (laughs) going down the pike (laughs)
1: You both remain weekly companions as I go about my weekend activities. Well, thank you for having us. I really enjoy it all. 73 AA7CW Platinum Pota Hunter.
0: Whoa. Nice. Getting that platinum.
1: Well, please let us know uh, about updates for your club. I think it's absolutely amazing what you're doing. Very lucky youngsters you have. Indeed. Indeed. The next email is titled, Cell Outages, Mobile Radio Shenanigans. And this comes from Give It The Beans Drew. All right. Hello, Leigh and Josh. I wanted to say a quick word about the cell service outages. One listener last week was talking about dispatch being down at the same time as cell service. One of my local Ares members is also an EMT, and he indicated to me that the statewide dispatch system, we're talking about two-way radios here, piggybacks on the cellular network. So yes, when AT&T went down, Dispatch also went down for the entire state of Tennessee.
0: Oh no.
1: I'll let you think about that for a moment and I'll move on to the mobile radio shenanigans.
0: Wow. That's cool. That's
1: bad news.
0: That's, that's very bad. Yeah. That's like people died because of this.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, that's uh, Really awful. I recently traded my 2012 Honda Pilot for a new Honda Ridgeline. The pilot was old, tired, and looking like it was wanting to start costing money. Since it had <laughs> 261,000 miles That's on it, I didn't get mad. I just let it go. Mm-hmm. That's a really long time. That's, would, a, that's a lot of miles you know
0: i was i was talking to uh one mike kate mrd ham radio tube when we mm-hmm. were in florida and we saw a honda element
1: oh it's been a long time since i've seen one do you those. remember honda element
0: yeah you know that those still go for like buku bucks why because they're like a super outdoors friendly is probably the wrong term but like so you can take the back seats And you can fold them up and then, like, lock them on the sides Mm -hmm. and completely opens the floor.
1: Yeah. This is one of the reasons that I'm still looking at the Chrysler Pacifica plug-in. There
0: are so many people who were screaming at you. You told me in the podcast chat, do not get the Pacifica. Do not the Pacifica. But there's no
1: other option for a plug-in minivan.
0: Really? Yeah. Oh, the only hybrid is the Sienna, but it's not plug-in?
1: It's not, so it doesn't qualify for a lot of the rebates.
0: Uh, rebates and also the HOV lane. Yeah.
1: Wow. So that's tough. Yeah. I did see a really cool uh, pinnacle, the trim for um, the Pacifica. And I was like, oh, that's fully loaded. Mm-hmm. All of the Pinnacles have a peanut butter colored leather on the seats.
0: Every one of them? Yes. That's not good.
1: Every one that I've seen anyway. Oh. That's a color that's only available for the Pinnacle. Oh. Yeah. Oh, and then I found out that the blacked out trim yeah. is, uh, it's the sport package. It's, co- it's called the S package.
0: So it's called the murdered out package.
1: It's. It looks really good all black. It looks fantastic. Yeah. yeah, no, I I
0: I almost I almost was ready to just like let's pull the trigger on that black one.
1: <laughs> just go and buy it right now.
0: Just get it done. Cause I'm also tired of you driving the truck. As much as you do.
1: I I like the truck.
0: I know. <laughs> and I'm not mad at you for it, but um uh, boy. There's multiple times where I'm like, oh, I left that bag in the frunk.
2: Oh yeah. While I'm trying to make a video.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's like because I've been carrying it and using it and I forget that I often, you know, sometimes I'll switch between bags and it's like, oh, man, she's got the truck.
1: I am almost at a point where I'm like, maybe I should just get a gas car and not worry about it being. You're going to get that
0: that Roush F-150 we saw. Yeah.
1: Today.
0: <laughs> so Leia. OK, I don't I don't I don't think everybody appreciates how hard Leia went full truck. So her entire life didn't care about infinities. Drove a Mercedes for a little while. Yeah, sure, they're all used. You're not buying like you know top end type. Yeah, cars yeah, or anything yeah, like that. But we buy the Lightning, which she was adamantly against. She was upset about the cost. All of it. I
1: wasn't adamantly yes, against you. It. Were,
0: particularly in the beginning, you were like mad at me. You were literally it's mad so at me.
1: much money to spend on a car. It
0: was. You were mad, right? It's two minivans. It. Then I bought it. And you were like, you fell in love with it instantaneously. It
1: is a joy to drive. Instantaneously fell
0: drive. in love. And then I'm driving. I don't know how we were talking, but you're like, what's a roosh or roge?
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> in front what of the school. That? And I'm like... Our school has become really bonkers with cars. Yeah, Because there was a Cybertruck out there. Cybertruck was out there. And I'd say that at least a third, if not a half of the cars... All Teslas. ...that are Teslas. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I'm like, where are you reading that? You're like, oh, it's on a truck. I'm like, oh, it's Roush. Roush is like a... It's a performance company that that has a performance package, multi-levels of performance packages they put on vehicles. But it usually is a trim package, all kinds of other stuff. One of the dads at the school... Has a really nice. It's. I'm, I'm pretty sure oh, it's I'm saying it right. So Roush. Nice. It's all blacked out. Um, he's got it all rigged up with all kinds of like uh, overlanding stuff. Looks so good. Sounds amazing. It's an
1: F250 with the um with the four doors, and then there's a with the four doors. Got to
0: have the four doors.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and then there's a what do you call the thing that goes over the bed of the truck that makes it like a cave, <laughs> a camper shell. Yes.
0: Okay. Yeah. A pretty, cave. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Good. I used
1: to, no, my parents used to have a truck when I was a kid, but I had a camper shell on it and I would just dr- ride in the back. <laughs>
0: it's just like it a, was, one of those fob things. You all uh, called it the cave?
1: No, it was like my own little cave though. It was like, I would sit back there. There's so much room.
0: <laughs> They're all really hot though. In California, the camper shells get really hot inside.
1: I don't know. It was like my own moving room. It was,
0: it was so Wait, fantastic. they let you hang out back there while they were driving?
1: Yes! <laughs> what? Yes! And My dad used to have a lot of trucks, actually. There was, oh, I got in a really bad accident once. When while my dad you were was riding in the cave? Not in the cave. I was, um, it was like the second row seat in a truck. You know, they had like these flimsy, like second row trucks, uh, second row seats that you could climb back into. It wasn't a separate door.
0: You're talking about like a jump seat?
1: I don't know. I don't know what they're called. Okay. But I was sitting back there and uh, my dad gets in an accident. My head slams against the back of the thing. And I, uh, they take me to the hospital.
0: I don't even know about this. Yeah.
1: Like, and... And I think I passed out for a period of time because when I came to, the, the doctor was trying to ask me, like, what day it is. And I insisted it was a different day than it was. And he was like, no, today is this. And I'm like, no, it's not.
0: <laughs> like, okay, Edison.
1: No, but I was sure. Yeah. Because I remembered being at school that day, writing the date. So I had, like, lost
0: You lost time. Yes. How long were you blacked out? Not long. Oh, okay. Not like a day. No. Oh, okay.
1: That but that's worse.
0: <laughs> Wiped out the whole day. That <laughs> one hit. <laughs> Took it all out. <laughs> that's not good, man. You have a surprising amount of head injuries. <laughs> all related to car accidents.
1: Oh yeah. I had a I had a really bad one when I was like an intern at Enterprise.
0: Could you imagine your like corporate enterprise so you're like the your leadership of enterprise <laughs> and you intern? get a, a mail that an intern had a massive head injury yeah from an accident yeah in one i was of hospitalized
1: i not ho- full i went to the hospital for that one too to get checked you
0: out. know leah when you go to the hospital yeah i think you're okay saying you were hospitalized
1: i think that hospitalized means that you stayed overnight at least oh, you one didn't. night okay no. you didn't stay yeah. overnight
0: okay yeah. okay so you were dripping brain fluid and they were like yeah you walk it off.
1: I think I had like a bump on my head uh-huh. for years after that. It's gone now. But
0: <laughs> I wouldn't have dated you.
1: <laughs> it t- it took a long time for that bend- <laughs> that brain swelling to go down, I guess. <laughs> but it was like no uh, well to me it was noticeable. I could feel the difference between one side of my forehead. Yeah, that seems like a problem. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That seems bad. Everything's fine now, though. Is it? (laughs) Finding out about more head injuries from the past. Now we have children. We do.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What day is it?
1: (laughs) All right. Well, Drew continues. But anyways, the the rush was great. It's a yeah. No.
0: So yeah. Truck story. Long story short. Now she's like looking out for trucks.
1: What's a What's a Roush? I'm not looking out for them, but I appreciate them when I see them.
0: What was completely invisible to you in the past is now something you actually acknowledge.
1: Right. I was yeah. like, oh, trucks, and then I was like, oh, this is very luxurious. <laughs>
0: That's kind of the joke is that trucks went from being like fully a utilitarian thing. Yeah. And now they're like over the top luxury. Yeah. Over the top. Nice It's ride. insane. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So Drew continues. Uh I, I didn't get mad. I just let it go after I took the radios out of it. In the course of removing the radios, I discovered the mobility limitations in my wrist. Oh, were going to prevent me from running the power lines for the radio in the new vehicle. I should explain here. I cheat when it comes to power. Y'all listen up. I'll give you the juice. When you want to install a radio or two in a vehicle, go buy a car audio amp wiring kit or look at what's in them and buy the stuff you need to build your own. Okay. I use 4 gauge wire and a four-port distribution blocks these this gives easy access to a a large fuse very close to the battery remember kids these keep your cars from turning into car fires we call them barbecues car, in tennessee mm-hmm. at the power distribution block you get four mechanical fasteners each also fused likewise the ground distribution block gives you four more mechanical fasteners Do what you will once it's installed. You never have to pull another power wire through the firewall. Want another VHF UHF rig? Add it. Want an HF rig? Go for it. Legal limit mobile amp? Cha-ching! Next, I pulled the front and driver side panels off the truck bed part of the bridge line and removed the back seat. There are vents behind the seat that come out behind the front wall of the bed. Uh I passed a piece of coax through the vent into the truck and put it all back together. I put a lip mount antenna mount on one of the tie down points in the bed of the truck, nearly at the top side, and installed the radio in the cab. No holes cut. The only modification to the less than 1,500-mile-old vehicle is the screws used to mount the external speaker so I can hear the radio. And that's a quick and dirty explanation of how you can mount a radio without cutting holes, ruining paint, or running wires through your weather seals on the doors that might cause leaks. Not enough info? Got questions? I'm on the Discord. Hit me up and I'll answer any questions I can. That's fantastic, Drew.
0: I also use those fuse blocks. Yeah. Yep. I love nice. the fuse blocks. Yeah. Mine's slightly different setup, but same idea.
1: Well, thank you for sharing how you did that and for volunteering to answer yeah. what is going to be an onslaught of questions, I think.
0: Oh. <laughs> yes. We we got we got like a rash of questions on mobile installs. There is a number of really good websites with picture tutorials on explaining a lot of stuff because mm-hmm. what inevitably happens when you set up a mobile setup is particularly HF, you're likely going to hit RFI of some kind and then having to deal with mitigating that is always a really interesting thing. Mm. So best of luck to everybody.
1: Leah, Josh, thanks for doing what y'all do. The people you are shows the character of the community that has built up around you. Oh, thank you. What a great group of people. And you are one of them, Drew. Indeed. Thank you, Drew. Thank you. And that's 73, Drew, K-O-4-T-W-Q. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thanks, Drew. The next email is titled, Boondock Echo. And this comes from Douglas V. As of February 26th at 1255 hours AZ time, Boondock Echo has $21,203 $21,203 raised and 79 backers. The podcast went to the Birds on the Jab 26th podcast. Birds on the Jab? I don't know. Oh, ber- the podcast went to the Birds on the January 26th podcast.
0: Is that when we watched the we Birds? We watched
1: the Birds, yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much, Douglas.
0: Worst preparedness movie. it's terrible no one was prepared nobody
1: the next email is titled merch ideas parades and muff and this comes from our dear friend Edward in Louisiana hey guys I had a few merch ideas perhaps just things I would like one a small HRCC flag to put on a vertical antenna I see you have one for ham radio adventures but not your own that's easy to do easy to do because then I can
0: also take that out for like potas and stuff. And yeah, that up
1: done. Two information packs to introduce people to the hobby. Perhaps something in the community can build together. Just I w-
0: hand people a bowfang.
1: <laughs> I would love some material to share with work and friends. Stuff such as introduction to the different radio services: FRS, GMRS, ham radio, and what they can do beyond the phone.
0: I'd like to have likely have to type that up as like a pamphlet or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Another pack could be geared towards kids, such as A is for amplitude modulation and B is for beacon. I'm thinking about just making a ham radio board book anyway, like a kid's ham radio book.
0: That's funny. Yeah. Yeah.
1: One quick note about Carnival Mardi Gras in New Orleans the parades start in January and end a week after Mardi Gras. Check out next week's, uh, next year's schedule here. That's very organized. Thank you for sharing that. I'll drop that link at the show notes. Yeah.
0: Whenever whenever I figure out how we're going to do New Orleans, but I'm serious about doing it and honestly make it just a lay and eye trip, I will consult with one Don Wilbanks. He's my guide. All right. All things New Orleans.
1: Last item, perhaps not safe for work, Uh-oh. MUF. You sound like you're saying muff, which is where I'm from a vulgar term for yeah. Yeah. a lady garden. I thought you were a saying <laughs> saying it that way as a giggle, but a few weeks have gone by, and I started to think that this was yet another difference between American and English. That is, in fact, a slang word. Yeah. That. Um, but that's what it is, right? Am I supposed to be saying M U F instead of muffin luff? Is that? I don't care. You never corrected me. I don't care. I call well, it. Well, thank you for bringing that up, Edwards.
0: I think it's almost <laughs> funny
1: that's cheers seventy three edward e m four o w j oh sorry uh k u three r r y and that's a amateur extra and a double r l v thank you edward um you have me rethinking the whole what i call it now so thanks <laughs> The next email is titled Salem ham fair and QRP report. And okay. this comes from Chris. Hi, Jason and Leona. <laughs> I just had a couple of other things I wanted to share with you that I didn't get in my other email this week. A couple of weeks ago, my son, the accountant non ham, but his son is part of our ham club. Well, tell him to stop leaving himself out. And, uh, And I made a two-hour journey to Rick Rial. Thank you for spelling that out phonetically for me. Because I would have not said it. Rick Rial. Yeah. okay, Rick Rial. Oregon to participate in the Salem ham fair. This was my third time in about 10 years attending this event. I love the flea market tables and always pick up some deals. We arrived at nine o'clock and by 12 o'clock, I had purchased everything I wanted that I could afford, which included a power supply for our school ham club, some power pole connectors and a sweet deal on a telescopic vertical for 10 to 20 meters and a UHF VHF three element beam. The ham selling were very fun to work with and were very forthcoming regarding the strengths and weaknesses of their items. Mm-hmm. I have no fear of a rotten deal when I go to HamFest to buy used gear. This is an annual event, so if you are a ham in the area, I recommend you attend next time. Great fun.
0: I I literally have a video that's almost entirely shot that is going to talk about buying used ham radio equipment and how to do it. Nice. And where to do it.
1: Chris continues, on the QRP front last Sunday, just after noon, I decided to do a little QRP CW work. I got on 15 meters and called CQ, and KL7QZ from Anchorage, Alaska answered me. I copied him at a 599, and I was 579 on his end. We had a great QSO, and I was amazed at how well the QRP rig was doing with five watts out on 15 meters. I then went to lunch with my daughter. When I returned in the late afternoon, I decided to try on 10 meters. On that band, my QRP rig puts out only about one watt. I didn't let the low power stop me, though. I called CQ a few times and then started to hear someone tuning up just up the band from where I was. When they started calling CQ, I answered. W1HSB returned with a report of 519. I gave him Hi. a 579, and we exchanged names and QTH. Not too surprising, QSB was the problem, but we were able to complete the QSO, and I now have a confirmed log entry on QRZ for that contact.
0: Uh, being a 51. Regardless of signal strength, your tonal quality was good. That's what the five implies. Five out of five means you were a great copy. That's great. I I love that, actually. That means you're you're getting maximum distance from my point of view. So check this out. I'm checking.
1: I am in Washington State, and he was in Rhode Island. Nice. That's 2,542 miles on one watt.
0: Did he mention the band?
1: Yeah. Gotta love 10 meters right now. Thanks, Josh and Leia. Your podcast never disappoints. Well, thank you, Chris. And that's Chris AA7 C W So Diamond, Leia, here's a, here's a
0: question that goes back to the general practice test. How many bounces did he have to make that contact?
1: Mm, depending on the ionospheric level.
0: Well, the the layer of the ionosphere is reflective of the band he was using. So he was likely on the lowest. Atmospheric band, what? Either the lowest or second lowest.
1: Mm, ten. What? Ten bounces. Ten. No. Uh, five bounces. No, like two. Mm, so that would be the E layer, then. Yeah. That's not the lowest.
0: Uh, it's it's pretty much the lowest. Okay. So, in, in, okay, in this case, he's probably about two bounces he had to do. So it came back to earth, reflected back up, and then came back down.
1: Nice. Okay, and now it's time.
0: It's the final email. Ten bounces. Ah, 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 ah.
1: The last email is titled, Cheese and Meat. Oh, my. And this comes from Douglas B., my limited understanding of kosher is that cheese from the milk of the same animal as the meat can't be used together, like beef and cow meat. Many just don't have any cheese to make sure that they eat kosher. So you can eat like goat cheese and beef? I don't know. Huh. All right. Well, thank you, Douglas. I appreciate it. What that. a
0: good last email. Fantastic. Very oh. ham radio related. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that always is a question of mine is like, how does kosher work? I I think I'm sure I we could look it up. I yeah, of course we could. but uh, <laughs> I'm I'm I understand how halal works. That's like the way the, the animal is, is butchered, killed, right? Yeah. But kosher I think is different. But are you looking that up or no? You're yeah, just, I'm gonna look it up right oh, now. Oh, you are looking it yeah. up. Oh, here we go. We're gonna do a little a little quick deep dive before we wrap up the yeah. podcast.
1: Well, what is kosher?
0: What is kosher? What are frogs?
1: What Okay, uh, kosher meat can only come from the animals that have split hooves and chew oh, their cud. Oh, non-cloven, cod, yeah, like cow, sheep, and goats.
0: No crustaceans.
1: <laughs> right. The three main rules of kosher. Okay. Is certain animals cannot be meated, uh, not be eaten at all. Okay. This. Restriction includes the flesh, organs, eggs, and milk of the forbidden animals, like of the, unicorn. Right, of the animals that may be eaten, birds and mammals must be killed in accordance with Jewish law. All blood must be drained from the meat and cooked out of it before it's eaten. Mm-hmm. Certain parts of the animal may not be eaten. Meat, the flesh of birds and mammals, cannot be eaten with dairy,
0: fish, eggs, any dairy. Right. Not just of the same kind.
1: Fish, eggs, fruit, vegetables, and grains can be eaten with either meat or dairy. According to some views, fish may not be eaten with meat. Okay. Utensils that have come into contact with meat may not be used with dairy and vice versa. Utensils that have come in contact with non-kosher food may not be used with kosher food. This applies only where the contact occurred while the food was hot, grape products made by non-Jews may not be eaten. There you go. Grape products? Grape.
0: Grape? Oh, that's why. Like
1: kosher wine and stuff like Manischewitz. that. Manischewitz. That's why yeah.
0: Manischewitz is a thing. Ah, yeah. interesting. I, I'm always interested to see like halal in the butchering practices, I bet are kind of similar to kosher.
1: In yeah, I think so. That's what, it, that's what it's particularly with the draining like. of
0: blood and all that stuff. Yeah, but it's that's very what it interesting. Sounds like. Very yeah. interesting. Okay. Well, there you go, kids. We learned something there at the end of the podcast. A little learning <laughs> to go along with just the ham radio knowledge we're normally sometimes, occasionally throwing just out. Just sometimes. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We have a lot of fun making it, and the fact you listen means a lot to us. Seventy-three. Seventy-three.